Yo, 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 what up, dogs? And welcome to episode number 123, that is 123, of the Fantasy Football Dogs podcast. I'm your host, Josiah Panter, and as always, I am here with my pal in real life, with my foe in fantasy, and that is Mr. Nate, Nate Dog McDonald. I used to say Nathan Nate Dog McDonald, I said Nate Nate Dog, and that was bad, so Nathan Nate Dog McDonald, there we go. It's slightly repetitive, but we'll make it work. Um, yeah, what's up, y'all? We out here, and uh, yeah, football is on its way, and we're finally getting some meaningful news. It's been a very dry summer, both outside and in, and um, yeah, it's, we finally had some news come in with the franchise tag, um, you know, deadline to sign a long-term contract uh, that already passed this last week, um, so we'll have some news about that, but um, yeah, the biggest free agent signing so far has happened, uh, DeAndre Hopkins signed a two-year deal to go to the Tennessee Titans. Uh, he gets $26 million guaranteed up to $32 million with incentives. So um, yeah, it's a um, large amount of money over the next two years. So they're definitely committed to him over that period. And I think he immediately steps in as the wide receiver one there. Um, you know, I, I know you're a believer in Berg. So I'll, you know, after I get done rattling off, you know, we'll get straight into it. You know, what, what do you think the impact on Berg says, you know, how does, does this affect your outlook on him at all? Um, what, what are your thoughts? Not really. And to be honest, like I would have been a little bit worried, especially when the Titans were playing good defenses with good cornerbacks that, you know, all you have to shut down is Traylon Burks. But I do think this, you know, for the whole Titans offense, but also Traylon Burks, like makes it a little bit easier for him in coverages. He'll be doubled a lot less. And, you know, I still think that DeAndre Hopkins has it certainly. And I don't think, you know, he was on pace for, I think, uh, 1300 yards or something like that before he got injured last year. Um, so, you know, I think he still definitely has it, and I expect he'll probably be the fantasy, more fantasy valuable receiver this year. Uh, but that being said, we see, you know, good offenses are able to support uh, two wide receivers, you know, often while the Titans might not be one of the more pass heavy offenses, you know, it was just a couple years ago that, uh, you know, Corey Davis finishes, uh, it might, it was either top, 24 20 uh, top 30 receiver he was you know just uh, very valuable with aj brown also there also there um i like ryan Tannehill as a quarterback and certainly i think this you know makes Tannehill's stock look way better for this year um and i feel a lot better about the Tannehill shares i have with him as my quarterback three but you know with burks his long-term outlook i don't know if this two-year contract with with hopkins really is a huge bump in the road because i expected they would have had to bring somebody in and uh, I, I do think this will be a really guy, good guy for him to learn under um under that during that time as well i think it is good for him to learn under hopkins and uh definitely learn like the more nuances of route running because i think that's where he has the most to gain um, but I will say for the next two years, I, this is a like bottom five passing offense and like yardage and attempts. So I, it is You're basing that off of last year though. Right. I mean, kind of last two years, they've been like, well, last year, again, Tannehill years. wasn't there for, you know, the last six games, I believe. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with it. I understand what you're saying, but you know, I do think that they're going to, they look like a much better passing offense with Hopkins there as with, a, as opposed to last year with just Traylon Burks, you know, yeah, and even, even Traylon Burks was injured on and off last year. So. Yeah. But it's still an offense that's going to be very run heavy and it's going to go through Derrick Henry first. And then Hopkins is your number one wide receiver. So um, 
I, you know, in the immediate future, the next two years, I do think it hurts Burks' fantasy output. You know, I've seen some studies where the whole taking away coverage and stuff like that really doesn't negate the loss of targets that you have when you bring in, you know, a high end guy. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I, you know, long term, I could still see it working out, especially if you can learn from Hopkins and, you know, kind of take away some things. But, um, you know, in the immediate future, I do think it hurts him fantasy wise. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think he would certainly get more targets without Hopkins. Um, I just think that like, it's possible that the entire offense is elevated enough. Um, if well, here's the thing, like, who are you throwing it's, to it's, in the end zone? Hopkins who mosses people, mossed four people at, at one time and that Hail Mary pass from Kyler Murray or a guy that's got what one touchdown on his career. Oh, I think the answer will be some of both. I mean, and maybe DeAndre Hopkins will get the majority, like more targets than Burks. But you know, Burks also did very well. He caught a caught a pass in the in the red zone and got a got knocked out and held held onto the ball. So I mean, what you know, well that that's about all he had to freaking show last year <laughs> while Tannehill was on the field. But no, I you know I I understand you know like. Uh, to me, I, I don't think, you know, it wasn't like I was coming in here thinking that Traylon Burks was going to be a top 15 receiver this year anyways. Like, uh, you know, I expected him to probably be a back-end wide receiver too. I think I have him as such in Dynasty and, you know, in Redraft, I might even put him as a high-end wide receiver three. Um, So I kind of see him similarly, like he'll be a, a definitely a good flex option most weeks and in my opinion, you know, and with some weeks he'll, you know, will catch those touchdowns. But, but yeah, Definitely DeAndre Hopkins is going to be the wide receiver one. I, I definitely could see that. And, uh, you know, but, um, but yeah, you know, we'll, we'll have to see how it plays out. I do think that the Titans offense, if everybody stays healthy, will look a lot better than last year. And I think they can, you know, support two wide receivers in, in a fantasy valuable sense. But, um, but, you know, we'll just have to see how it plays out. Yep. But I know we got Hop- a lot more news. Hop- to, Hop- to Hopkins and Chigo Quanquo, the, the top two on that offense. There you go. Uh, yeah, uh, it's speaking of tight ends, uh, Evan Ingram signed a three year deal with the Jags, uh, re signed with them. It's 24 million guaranteed, uh, up to 41 million, a little over 41 million with the uh, incentives. I, some people were saying it's too early, they should have waited to sign him. I like this deal for the Jags. It's not you know, over three years, it's not too much money guaranteed. He already showed you what you could do last year. And he's still a young guy, so I don't like give your playmakers money, especially if you're the Jags. I don't get why why they want to Jags to like keep letting their playmakers walk when that's been their problem in the past. So um, yeah, uh, tip of the cap to you, Jags. I think it's a good signing, uh, good for Evan Ingram, honestly, uh, or obviously being tied to uh, Trevor Lawrence for the next three years. So um, yeah, good for his fantasy value as well. Um, big news and kind of, you know, all the RB talk, uh, no new contracts for Saquon or Josh Jacobs at the deadline. So neither of them will be reporting the trading cramp. And, um, yeah, Saquon has even talked about sitting out the entire year. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a situation to monitor. So, uh, RBs over the league in general are not happy with the state of things, you know, RB contracts and all that kind of stuff. Um, I agree that they're dealt a shitty hand because they take most of the punishment and they don't get paid for it. So, um, you know, there are a few things we could talk about to fix that. I think the franchise tag for one is stupid and it hurts running backs a ton, especially now because the price is so low. The teams are automatically going to do it when you have a talent like that. So uh, I think the franchise tag tag should go. And I think running backs at least should be able to enter the league after two years of college. Um, I think every player should be able to enter the league after two years of college because only the elite of the elite are going to be able to do it. And running backs spend way too much of their prime uh, wasted away in college. So, um, so yeah, but there's definitely going to have to do something because it's getting bad. But um, 
Speaking of running backs making less money, Joe Mixon uh, takes a pay cut in a restructured deal to stay with the Bengals. So it uh, looks like he's going to be there for the next two years, um, as long as he doesn't do anything else that is stupid off the field. So, um, so yeah, or if he has another season where he's just really inefficient. But, uh, you know, at least this year he'll be with them and probably next year as well. Um, uh, Leonard Fournette is working out with the Pats uh, today. Uh, this is Wednesday. Uh july 19th 19th yeah had to we're recording late here uh and uh daryl henderson also worked out with them as well on the same day so um you know if they bring in fournette that'll be interesting uh guy who catches a ton of passes so um he could play that role for uh bill belichick in that offense um more holdout stuff uh reports that zach martin could hold out uh he was just recently voted the best guard in all of football and um just want to mention that because it would be a huge blow to the Cowboys offense and all the fantasy players on it. Um, if you lose someone that talented off the line. So especially on the running game. So um be interested to see, you know, they've made it where they get fined so much if they hold out that I don't you know, the likelihood of him actually missing weeks and games is unlikely, but just another situation you want to monitor. Um, another thing, going into training camp, Sky Moore recently got some praise from his head coach, Andy Reid, and also is reportedly the favorite to be starting slot receiver for the Chiefs and kind of play the same role as uh, Juju Smith-Schuster did last year. So um, that'd be cool to see as someone who was big into him coming out of college. I hope he uh, bounces back from an underwhelming rookie year. So uh be interesting to watch that camp paddle go on. Um, as far as injuries go, Brees Hall and Kendra Miller were both placed on the pup list. Uh, can still be activated for week one, but again, you know, not the greatest thing they're, they're missing time. I think Kendra was a little bit more predicted. Um, and Brees Hall, he could be coming, you know, week two of training camp, he could be back in there. So, but another situation you want to monitor, um, you know, it may be a reason why the Jets were looking into bringing in some other running backs and still could. Uh, they're still one of the favorites to get Dalvin Cook. So, um, so yeah, another situation to monitor. And then uh, QB battles going on uh, right now. It looks like Baker Mayfield has the advantage uh, in the battle against Kyle Trags for the Bucks job. Um, but uh, apparently Kyle Trask still has a le legitimate chance to win it uh, if he performs well in training camp. So that battle is still ongoing, but uh, Mayfield has the inside track is what I see. Yep, yep, very nice. A lot of news there. Um, I'll just touch on the running back contracts, I guess. I'm definitely, I mean, I kind of mentioned last week, you know, big time owner of uh, Josh Jacobs shares. Um Definitely worried about those for sure, 100%. Um, for Dynasty, I'm a little bit more okay. I mean, you know, he's 25. He's not super old. And, you know, if if the worst case scenario did happen and he did decide, him or Saquon decide to make a stand, uh, they're both kind of young enough where, uh, you know, it's interesting because they actually, what's in, here, here's what, the worst case scenario, I think, is they have to play at least six games. If they don't play at least six games, then they have to start over. They don't even like accrue a year of their contract. Um, so, so we know that they're going to play six games, but I would be extremely worried. It's particularly about Jacobs because I think, you know, the Giants have a chance to compete for the playoffs a little bit more than I feel like the Raiders do. But I'm extremely worried that he's going to, you know, play those six games. But if there's any, you know, 
why would he play at the end of the season if he's not happy with his contract and, you know, he feels like his team has screwed him and they aren't even winning games. So I'm very worried about my Jacob shares. I mean, I don't have as many Saquon shares. Uh, in fact, I don't think I have any. I come to think of it, I think I traded my last one away. So, um, you know, uh, I'm sure I'll be worried about those two, but I at least feel like if Saquon does come back, at least he's in a situation um, that, that I feel like, you know, he'll be motivated to play all year if, if, um, you know, everything gets ironed out with Josh Jacobs. I, you know, there's kind of a double whammy there with, even if they iron out the contract situation, I'm just kind of worried. Like he doesn't really want to play for the Raiders. They haven't treated him right. And uh, you know, he's not going to go the extra mile to play those, you know, games at the end of the season when you really need him for fantasy. So definitely worried about that situation. Um, you touched on a lot of other things there, but those were kind of the, the you know, that's kind of, like you said, that's kind of the, the blockbuster news is the Saquon and the Josh Jacobs holdouts. Definitely. I think at this point, uh, we shouldn't be worried. They're going to set out all, all season, but, um, you know, I would, I'm going to make the strategy of if Josh Jacobs does play, you know, week one, he's going to play those six games, uh, you know, wait for his first blow off blowout game. And if you are trying to compete this year, uh, you know, try to sell him for as much as you can at that point, uh, maybe, but, uh, but we'll have to see how it plays out. You know, it's still an early off season. Um, you know, we've had situations like this with Zeke, Ezekiel Elliott recently that, that ended up smoothing themselves out, but admittedly the RB market was a little bit different at that time. So uh, I kind of don't know where it's going to go from here, but, um, yeah, that's kind of the only thing I wanted to touch on Nate. Yeah. And I, I would say there's a, a tad bit of a worst, worst case scenario. And that's the Le'Veon Bell scenario. Cause we all thought, Oh, you know, he's only missing a year. He's yeah, that was, he was year 26. When he sat out that year, he came back and was 27 years old, his first year with the Jets, and he was garbage for the rest of his career. Um, he's the, He was the same age sitting out that Saquon is now. He was only one year older than Jacob. So um, that's what I see as the worst case scenario. Um, hopefully it doesn't happen, but... Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I do agree that Jacobs is probably the bigger concern because I did see where Saquon was reportedly like closer in contract talks with the Giants, like only off about like two million a year or so. Um, whereas reportedly Jacobs and the Raiders just were never close. So, um, so yeah, just another situation that we're going to have to keep an eye on. But uh, yeah, tough times for running backs out there. The one interesting thing about both of those players, I will say, just to close out this conversation is their offenses really do depend on them. Like they, they, they're the engines of, of the, of both of those offense. I mean, Josh Jacobs had the most rushing yards last year. Um, you know, Saquon, obviously we know that Saquon is, you know, probably one of the few players that are like more valuable than the quarterback on his team. Uh, you know, I, that might be a stretch, but it's, it's, it's close. Uh, so, um, you know, I do think the leverage they have at the end of the day is like, if their teams start losing and they are sitting out games, they're probably going to want to get them back on the field. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I have no idea how it's going to play out. You know, all we can do is speculate, but uh, definitely news uh, worth touching on. Nice. Nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's just finally nice to have something to talk about because it's just been nothing but small blurbs and, Oh, he's in best shape of his life and that kind of stuff for so many months. And now it's like actual contract shit. So yeah. Training camp starting and soon we'll be having preseason games like in yeah, like the next three weeks. Here. I think, I think, I think the hall of fame games two and a half weeks away. Yeah. It's, it's uh we're getting there, man. We're getting there. But uh, all right, well let's get into this episode and uh, what we're going to be doing for the next four weeks 
is uh, we're going to be getting into each division and breaking down each team, kind of talking about the fantasy relevant players, how we see the backfields and the wide receiver core shaking out, uh, our hot takes on certain players. And of course, you've heard a lot of them, uh, you know, throughout the episodes and everything, but, you know, we're kind of going to do a holistic view of, of the whole, um, you know, fantasy landscape. And I really like doing this because for me, this is kind of the transition uh, for my brain uh, between, you know, me and Nate doing our dynasty coverage, kind of moving into redraft. This is kind of a nice way for me to reset my brain and start looking at the teams as they're specifically structured this year, start thinking a little bit less about, you know, how I feel about the players long-term, um, and, uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be getting, uh, into this, uh, in color covering all the divisions in the NFL. We'll be doing two every week. And this week we will be doing the North divisions. Uh, so the NFC North and the AFC North. Um, and I think they're really two really pe- uh, competitive divisions that have actually had a really hard time kind of, uh, choosing how I think they're going to shake out at the end. But, um, but yeah, well, we'll definitely, um, you know, talk about the players that that we uh you know have different disagreements on and uh that that uh we agree on and one of those players that we uh disagree on although nate's starting to come around uh, you know you can correct me if i'm wrong but uh we're going to start with the chicago bears in the nfc north and uh mr justin fields is uh their quarterback and yeah, you got him ranked higher than I thought you would. That's 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 what I'll say. I think he's a quarterback eleven for you in dynasty. But you know, I I think that this is absolutely outside of Lamar Jackson in today's league. I think he's the best running quarterback in the league. The 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 question is completely just, you know, how far can he come this year with his arm? And for me, I look at guys uh like you know Lamar Jackson like Jalen Hurts that we had these similar questions for and look is Jalen Hurts a, a Joe Burrow level arm talent no uh he's has great arm talent and is great but you know he has enough and he makes good enough decisions that uh you know along with his athleticism it just makes this complete you know fantasy cheat code and I do think that Justin Fields has the potential uh to do that this year um and really take that that big step um you know, there's definitely concerns, but I think they've done a better job of surrounding him, as we'll get into here shortly. But Nate, uh, you know, I'll let you kind of uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You kind of made a funny face when I said you were starting to come around on him, but just kind of give your overall outlook. I know you've touched on it um, before, but of uh, just how how you feel about Justin Fields this year. Um, you know, we've talked about dynasty, but just kind of this year, do you do you feel like you might be able to buy into him more in redraft or just, you know, how, how are you feeling about him this year? Also, I think you might be on mute. So just quick, quick reminder. Never. Uh, no, <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm definitely in on him in redraft, maybe not at his ADP, but I think he'll have a fine year for redraft to another QB one season. I have very serious concerns about his long-term viability. Um, you know, mm. if we're talking dynasty and years beyond even this year, like if he sucks again this year, then they've got two very, very top-notch quarterbacks in next year's draft that they can get to replace him. So, um, so yeah, I mean, this is kind of a, a big year for him, and uh, he really needs to take that next step, especially as a passer. I mean, obviously, he's great as a runner, but, um, you know, they lost their last 10 games in a row, and they're definitely more talented on offense this year. But, um, yeah, it's, as a passer, he's definitely got to improve. So um, we'll see what happens with that. But, uh, yeah, I also – man, I, did you see where he – he, he ranked himself already as a top five rushing quarterback of all time in the NFL. A, I didn't ahead, see ahead that. Ahead of Randall Cunningham. 
ahead of Randall yeah. Cunningham. You have lost your fucking mind, dude. Like, yeah, I mean, it's like maybe he'll have the talent to do that to be there eventually. Yeah, but, but yeah, he I think ain't it's done a, shit it's, so far. Yeah, I think it's a little early to call. I mean, I will say, I think didn't he have two thousand yards or close to two thousand yards rushing? Uh, or no, I'm sorry, not two thousand, a thousand yards, uh, twelve hundred yards. What I was trying to say, uh, uh, rushing last year, I, I believe. Um, but he, you know, he, and, he broke the season single rushing record, and he. But if you're like overall like rushing quarterback top five, like he's nowhere close. You haven't done right. anything. Yeah, As if I, you're I, I think a runner. A, yeah. That's our early call, but but I do think that this time next year we might we might have to have to give it to him. But uh, maybe he's just caught yeah, on the shot he'll a little win a early. Full five games this year, we'll we'll have to sing his praises. But uh, one one thing I will say to your point though, it's a good point because not only does he have to do well because obviously Chicago Bears draft pick, you know, you don't want to be too high, but they you know have the Panthers draft pick as well that they got from trading their first pick. Um, so. If the Panthers do really bad this year, you know, they could be in a position where even if he does, you know, get them to pick 16 or something like that, mm-hmm. um, you know, he could still be in trouble. So, that, I mean, that's a good point for sure. But, um, but you know, I, I, I'm I of the belief that he's going to be their franchise quarterback. Uh, but this year will definitely uh, go a long ways towards seeing um, if that is the case or not. So let's get into this backfield, and I'll let you touch on it first. It's definitely a little bit of a crowded backfield. And in my opinion, it's one of the tougher backfields in the league to kind of parse as far as, like, the guy I really want, uh, especially this year. Uh, so Nate, I'll kind of let you touch on, um, you know, the, the, the three headed backfield here and, um, the way you see it. Yeah, man, I'm happy to help you out here. Cause, uh, the back you want is Khalil Herbert. That's the guy you want. Um, okay. I, I think long-term and, you know, especially this year for redraft, uh, just because he's been in the offense for two years, he's been highly efficient every time he touches the ball, and he's got the build for it. He's, you know, 5'9", 212, 215. He's got, you know, a Bell Cowell type build. I do think this is the committee, you know, we're, we'll talk about the other two guys, but it's obviously Roshan Johnson and Deontay Foreman. Um, I do think it's going to be a three-headed backfield, but I do think he will stand out as the leader of the group. Um, and, uh, yeah, I really liked him coming out of college. I think he's done very well in the NFL so far. Um, I mean, he's averaged five yards per carry, over his career and last year was 5.7 so yeah highly efficient player so um yeah i'm gonna be interested to see what he can do with a um you know with a higher workload but he's he's breaking a thousand yards this year okay wow nice i I like that call there and i do agree with you that i he's the guy that i would currently draft first but i will say like I really am in on the talent of Roshan and me personally, I remember our, our coverage, you being higher on Khalil Herbert than me coming out. Um, it's not that I mm-hmm. thought he was trash or anything, just you really, really liked him. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, for me, I, the way I kind of see it is I do think that Roshan is probably a little bit more well-rounded prospect and back that i would personally rather have like if i was drafting them in the same class that being said um that you know you're right that he has the seniority he's been in that offense but for me deontay foreman i mean i think he'll have somewhat of a role but that's not really the threat for me i'm kind of really deciding like is roshan especially towards the end of the season gonna start to take on a little bit more you did mention khalil herbert has good size but i think roshan has like 10 pounds on him so um you know he might be you know more of that goal line guy um, and, uh, so that's, that's kind of the, the, the way I see it. I would currently still take Khalil Herbert and, you know, I will say like that, that efficiency 5.7 is, is, is 
very impressive. Um, you know, like hats off to him. Part of that, got to give my, got to give uh, my boy Justin Fields credit is when you have that rushing quarterback, you know, your rushers are usually going to be more uh, uh, efficient. Um, but, and also being the second back, a lot of times, you know, he was the second back behind David Montgomery last year. Uh, a lot of times that can kind of work well for the backup running backs. I'm not trying to take anything away from him. I'm just, you know, I think if he is a lead back, I don't expect him to have quite that yards per clip. Um, but, um, you know, I do think that he's a very talented runner. And, you know, as far as their career so far, you've been more right than me as far as like being in on him as a prospect and where you had him ranked. So definitely I got to give you the credit there. But, um, but yeah, um, anything else you want to add uh, to that to that running back room? Yeah, just because I didn't really talk about the other guys. But, um, yeah, I also just think, you know, if they were willing and comfortable enough to let David Montgomery go, you know, before they even drafted Roshan Johnson it must and not mm-hmm. sign anyone else, it must mean they're comfortable in what they have. So I think that's also a good sign for Herbert. Um, but, yeah, the number two running back I want on this team is Roshan Johnson. Um, I like him as a prospect as well. Like I said, I think he – um, I think he's a well-rounded guy. He uh, caught some more passes in college compared to Khalil Herbert, and uh, is definitely better as um, you know in pass pro. I don't think he's as good as a runner, um, but uh, you know he may be pulled in on more like third downs and stuff. Uh, you know, Fields isn't really known for dumping off to the running backs, but if I were to bet on a guy to kind of take that role, um, Roshan Johnson would be the man. So, um, so yeah, I you know his variety of skill means I also think he can get you know snaps pretty early and have it grow throughout the season. So um so yeah, I mean Deontay Foreman's fine. He performed well last year. I just you know he signed to a one year deal for fairly cheap. I'm not you know he he may end up being the guy for this year, but I think it would be like this year and that's it. So if you're talking dynasty, he's not really a concern for me at all. But um but yeah, even this year I would rather target Khalil Herbert and Roshan Johnson for the upside that they can provide. Yeah, no, we we do see that the same. It sounds like you're gonna be a little bit more in on Khalil for this year just because I have you know, I'm a little bit more up in the air on him versus Roshan, but, uh, you know, otherwise I think we see that, see that pretty similar there. Mm -hmm. Um, all right, well, moving on to the wide receiver core, uh, they got this man that I've loved his whole career and been in on. And, uh, you know, last year he did have a good year. Uh, he finally caught more than four touchdowns, Mr. DJ Moore. Um, you know, obviously this was a big part of that trade that they made for that number one overall pick, uh, to the Panthers, um, I really do think this is the best thing they could have done for Justin Fields. I mean, maybe outside of Jackson Smith and Jigba, I think that DJ Moore is more talented than any rookie receiver they could have drafted this year. Um, so, um, you know, I I think it's the best, you know, pretty much the best player they could have uh, brought in for him um, that was available. Obviously, you know, Tyreek Hill, of course, but th- yeah. that was reasonably available. I think they did got the guy that they needed to get to to help Justin Fields Excuse make me, that sir. lead. Jarvis Landry is still on the market. Hey, well, maybe they maybe they should grab him because uh, well, they got a good wide receiver too. After him, it's Darnell Mooney, um, and it's a, that's another guy I've always liked. I've always said, and I said this last year, and probably the year before too he needs to be a number two receiver he does not need to be anybody's number one receiver and now that he can be that i think that that uh he will really be more dependable in dynasty or in fantasy uh because um you know you'll be able to he'll have a more dependable role he won't be able to just like let's just blanket darnell and they have literally nobody else to throw to um so uh so i definitely think that that looks good for them uh and then of course they got chase claypool who they traded what ended up being 
and the 201 uh pick for um that does not that doesn't feel good for them and hopefully he can pull it together look to be honest like i've been out on chase claypool this is one of my like everybody was in on him and i was like i don't know and like it it turned out being right for me but at this point i am hoping that chase claypool can, can pull it together and you know make something of his career and you know the fact that he can be a wide receiver three i think is gonna bow weld for him um and then the only other guy that i would maybe mention is tyler scott they brought him in he was a guy a talent i think i had him at uh you know before the draft is like wide receiver 11 um in this class i liked his talent and i think he could end up being something uh, by the end of the year uh maybe a guy we end up plugging in our lineups uh, in a flex spot, uh, but you know nothing too consequential for this year. Yeah, no, this um, this wide receiver core is vastly improved from what it was last year. Um, you know, Chase Claypool is you know the man. I'm just kidding. Uh, obviously, DJ Moore is going to be the wide receiver one for that team. Um, you know, last year his yardage was definitely touchdowns were up. Yardage was definitely down. Um, just you know, it was a hodgepodge of you know quarterback situation at um you know over there at the panthers so he will have a steady presence there this year um uh you know justin fields with his very very low passing volume with attempts and yardage and even touchdowns like i don't you know i don't see him finishing as yeah you know, at best i see him as a low-end wide receiver two this year um i think he's gonna, probably going to finish more in that wide receiver three range but uh could be wrong but that's kind of the way i see it with how low um and i know they're probably going to pass more this year it's just you know it would have to be a magnificent jump for him to see you know high-end wide receiver two numbers or anything like that so um <laughs> yeah it definitely hurts darnell mooney in that regard um because i do think Fields is probably going to when he has the chances to throw try to target the guy who's going to be by far the best in that group um, but, uh, you know, Mooney will still have a role. I still, you know, like him more in best ball leagues cause he's going to have those, you know, long, speedy, big touchdown uh, plays, but, um, but yeah, as far as a consistent weekend and week out guy, I don't know if you're going to be able to trust him as a, you know, guy you can just plug and play as a flex each week. Um, and what's crazy is Chase Claypool here is the most talented of any of these guys. Uh, he's just a head case who has work ethic problems. So it's, it's frustrating, but that's just the way it is. It's why he hasn't worked out so far. Um, we've seen flashes from him before and it's, you know, he's a six foot four guy that can run a four, four, two, but he just, he, he doesn't have it between the ears. Uh, maybe he can turn it around with the bears. Like you said, if he does, that's great for fields. Um, but, um, but yeah, I just, I think just like getting added to the bears in this situation, it's definitely good for fields in for fantasy, but it's not great for the wide receivers for fantasy. Um, so that's kind of how I see it. And then moving on to tight end, um, you know, Cole Komet, I think he's serviceable. I'd like to see him, you know, live up to his potential, what we thought he could be. But, um, again, you know, if you're, you know, if he's the second or third target on this offense, I don't see him getting a ton of volume or enough to be a consistent, you know, difference maker at tight end. But, um, but he has the talent to prove me wrong. There's no doubt about that. Um, and Robert Tunyon is backing them up now. I almost forgot about that when I was before I did this episode. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, honestly, that's a solid backup to have. He's an experienced guy who, you know, really broke out at one point, was kind of, you know, a little baby George Kittle that one year. Um, but, uh, yeah, if he can finally be healthy, I think that's a good number two to have. So, um, so yeah, what, what are your thoughts on this tight end room? Yeah, no, I totally agree. I've always, you know, liked Cole Komet. I think last year he was my uh, dynasty top dog, which I retroactively don't feel too. Uh, no, it was my uh, dynasty value is what it was. But even mm -hmm. still, 
not i don't know that he really grew his value too much uh from from then to now in fact it might be lower but where, where was he um, in your tight end startup rankings that we did a couple episodes ago uh give me one second yes 17 17 okay yeah gotcha. so pretty low <laughs> yeah i mean i had him at 19 so we're, we're not too far off there yeah, yeah, pretty low. That's lower than I thought I would have him. So, yeah, I mean, I do agree with you, man. This is going to be a, still a lower volume pass offense than than most. I think the only real piece I'm willing to buy into is DJ Moore. And I do agree with you that, like, you said that his ceiling you feel like is a, is a back end wide receiver too. Yeah, I'd say more. I feel like his ceiling is more around like wide receiver, like you know, a mid wide receiver too, like sixteen, eighteen. But that's his ceiling to me. Like, that's not I where I'm going to have that. him ranked. Um, but you know, that being said, um, you know, I'm going to want to invest in him. Um, I'm, I'm invested in him in dynasty and redraft. I'm going to want to get a couple shares, but only if I can get him as like a late wide receiver to value, it'll feel like a value there to me. Uh, but if, you know, I don't want to buy him at wide receiver 16 to 20 prices where he's gone in the past, uh, this year. Um, I think I kind of want to see how it shakes out. So I do agree with you by and large there. I just think that maybe the upside's a little bit higher than, uh, maybe what you mentioned, but, but yeah, other than that, yeah, we see this, uh, wide receiver and tight end room pretty similarly. I do think Robert Tunyon is a good, uh, wide receiver to, uh, tight end to, to have, and he's a good blocker too. So it'll be good for their run game. Um, so, um, so yeah, definitely. I think, uh, that is, uh, there's been a lot of improvement for the bears this year. Um, but let's move on to the next team here and uh, and we'll go on to the Detroit Lions and I'll let Nathan start out here because the Detroit Lions have two players that he uh, has expelled a lot of love for. And I'd like to hear kind of how he thinks it's going to play out, um, you know, in the short and long term for for Jared Goff and Hinton Hooker. Oh, yeah, I, I thought you were talking about uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. I was like, it's going to work out. Oh, no, just last just year. talking about the quarter, quarterback room right now. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I I love Hendon Hooker coming out and everything, but Jared Goff is the dude. Um, I think, you know, coaching staff have expressed a lot of confidence in him recently, and I think, you know, Hooker is good to have as a backup and as a long-term developmental, he could be the guy, but, um, you know, especially if they come to the end of Goff, Goff's contract and they don't want to pay him, but for the next two years, this is Goff's offense, so... Um, I think, you know, just like last year, he'll end up being a low-end QB1, if not a high-end QB2. Um, he was, you know, very good last year. It was a top-end offense. They passed a lot because their defense wasn't great. Um, their defense should be more improved this year, but uh, I still think golf is going to be very efficient, um, like he is most years. So, yeah, Hooker, you know, he's not even going to be healthy to start the season, so it's definitely a sit-and-learn year for him. Um, you know, he, he might get a little bit more involved in year two, but, uh, like I said, golf, uh, I think this is his team for the next two years, at least. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you at least for this year. Um, I think if it goes bad this year that like there's very, it, it could be like in, in the worst possible situation for the lions this year, uh, like maybe we do see Hendon hooker next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think the odds of that happening are probably less than 10%. Um, so yeah, I, I, you know, I think golf looked awesome last year to me. It's the best he's ever looked. Um, you know, maybe outside even the Super Bowl year, I think he, you know, even then it was a little bit more like it's the system it's Sean McVay. And now it kind of feels like, Oh, this was Jared Goff carrying that team, you know? So, um, so it definitely feels like he kind of took that step forward and has, I never really saw him as a franchise quarterback, but now I'm starting to believe that he, 
he could end up being, and maybe he will be the, you know, Lions quarterback for the next, you know, five to seven years. But, um, but definitely this year, I feel very good about him and he'll probably in redraft still end up being a value just because people, you know, think he's boring or don't like his name or whatever it is. But, um, yeah, I think he'll, he'll probably be a value in redraft as well as he has been in, in dynasty. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, let's move on to the running backs here. And this is a running back room. You're not as big on, um, I like my uh, and yeah, yeah, that's fair. But uh, but yeah, maybe talk about how you see it working out this year. Do you do you feel like? I mean, would you be as bold to say that in redraft you you would do you think Montgomery will be the more valuable running back, or do you think it like maybe with the PPR and all that that Jim will still edge out on top because obviously you're lower on Gibbs in mm-hmm. in you know the dynasty rankings as we talked about. But how do you see this this year playing out for that running back room? Yeah, that's that's tough. Um, I think it's gonna be close. I'm also gonna pick Montgomery just because I think he's going to be just an absolute monster at the goal line, and I do think this is an offense that's going to score a lot of points. And we saw it last year with Jamal Williams, and I think Montgomery is gonna kind of step into that role. I mean, they could have re-signed Jamal, and they spent more money to get Montgomery. So um, they clearly have something in mind for him. He's you know, especially for running backs now, he's highly paid. And uh, I think he has a, you know, a very, very strong, um, I don't know, he's going to get a lot of touches, like first and second down, especially goal line. Um, he's going to get a lot more touches than Gibbs. Gibbs is definitely going to catch more passes and, you know, have probably some more explosive plays. But um, if I were to bet on, like, who finishes with more touchdowns and yardage at the end of the year, I, I think it's going to be Montgomery. And I think um, that's a good bet to be the better fantasy output for the year. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna take the Jameer side, but I totally see the possibility, the scenario where it is Montgomery, and I think it'll be closer than a lot of people are comfortable with that that are really big Jameer believers. Which I I am a Jameer believer. I've liked him for years, and I have him ranked as I think uh, Dynasty RB six or seven. So, um, you know, I definitely am a believer in him. But um, for this year, I do think that David Montgomery is going to be a little bit of thorn in our sides. That being said, you know. We have to keep in mind, they took this man at pick number 12. Like, it's very rare that we don't see picks that high be immediately an integral part of their offense. And so, uh, you know, I do think that um, Mir will be worked in. But as far as how the carries and the splits on the goal line and things work out, I, I think, you know, it very well could go Montgomery's way there. So that's that's something that's going to be hard for me to kind of parse out in uh, redraft. I wouldn't be surprised if I don't have uh, tons of shares of either one of those guys because I feel like a lot of people have strong takes on both of them, and I'm kind of just gray on on both of them for for redraft a little bit. So, uh, so anyways, uh, yeah. So that that's uh that's that uh, running back room for the Detroit Lions, um, and their wide receiver core looks pretty much the same as it did last year. No major mm-hmm. additions. Uh, they brought back one guy that used to be on the team. Uh, but, uh, you know, you, we mentioned earlier, Monroe St. Brown, uh, Jameson Williams. Uh, I imagine probably Josh Reynolds will be the wide receiver three. Uh, that's kind of the name that stood out to me there. And then Marvin Jones also did sign. And, you know, he is old, but he was looking pretty good with the with the Jags as their wide receiver three. So he very well could, you know, work his way into the, being the – Lions wide receiver three. Um, definitely Amon Ross St. Brown is the the alpha here. But here's the big question. What happens when Jamison Williams comes back? Obviously, he has that six games. Is it four or six? I think it's six, six right? Six. six game suspension. Um, so, but 
you know, you were a little bit higher on Jameson Williams coming out. Like how much of an impact do you think that is going to have on Amon Ross St. Brown? And do you think that Amon Ross St. Brown will be this like weekly heat code, you know, 25 point, 20 to 25 point wide receiver like he has been uh, once, you know, Jameson Williams is there and kind of cements himself into the offense? Yeah, I, I really have no concerns for uh, Amon Ra, honestly. Um, he kind of mm-hmm. plays that wide receiver one can move around be the cooper cup of the offense that he you know golf can just pepper him with targets so uh so yeah and jameson williams plays a completely different role he's the downfield burner i mean he he's a great route runner too i mean don't get me wrong he made keely ringo look foolish uh when he played him but um but yeah this is uh jameson williams is incredibly talented and i i loved him coming out but this is going to be a year and a half before we really see anything from him he caught one pass from last year so yeah um you know so far it hasn't made any difference and uh, it's not going to make a difference the first six games of this year at least and then it's going to take him time to you know get involved and you know make his way in the offense and he's playing a completely different role as far as the receiver so yeah i don't see any threat for amon raw there and um yeah I, I do think jameson you know this year when he gets back he needs to show something he needs to prove why he was you know so highly drafted um mm. But um, but yeah, and you're right about uh, the wide receiver three and who I, I have there as well. Uh, Josh Reynolds is the wide receiver, wide receiver three here. Sorry. Um, he and golf are buddies. They go back to the Rams uh, and mm-hmm. uh, they've been playing a long time together. And man, I was looking at this. He is a sneaky good player to have for the first half of the year because we just said Williams is going to be suspended the first six games. It's probably going to take him some time to get worked back in, worked back in. Um, I looked it up last year through the first five weeks of last year. I said five weeks because the Lions had a week six bye. Um, first five weeks of last year, Josh Reynolds was the wide receiver 23 in fantasy. He is currently wow. being drafted uh wide receiver. Is he being drafted? <laughs> probably not. It's wide receiver 101 in redraft wow. and 119 in dynasty. So, yeah, it's a guy and and he probably could have been good beyond that. It's just they, you know, he played week seven and got hurt week eight and missed a whole bunch of time. and wasn't quite the same the rest of the year. But at the start of the season, he was fantastic. And, you know, we know for certain that, you know, the guy that could threaten him is missing the first six games. So, um, yeah, if you're trying to win those first, you know, trying to get a good streak going early on, um, take John Reynolds with your last pick and, you know, laugh all the way to the bank. That might be a good a little precursor to uh to maybe some uh sleeper considerations there for when we do our redraft sleepers because that that's a good call Nate that 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 isn't something I've considered but that's a very high powered offense and if uh, if we need to sell the point anymore Dan Campbell's nickname for Josh Reynolds we learned in uh, Hard Knocks last year is the Serpent of Death. Yeah, so uh that's it. pretty fucking badass so that that makes me in on him a little bit more but he's, all right well, let's like go. a 6'3 200 plus pound receiver like he has that prototype size too so he can do it yeah not nah, serpent of death i want that guy on my team <laughs> uh but uh yeah so uh to close out this team here uh the lions um we'll talk about i'll let you start with the coverage here of uh because because the their projected starter is a guy that uh you're quite in on my boy, Sam Laporta, 
George Kittle's boy as well. You know, Ohio uh, graduates. Both. I don't know if they both graduated. I think they did. Wait, I, Iowa, Iowa, Iowa. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I said. Uh, I, I may have done it with Ohio. a bad accent, but I said it. Um, but yeah, Sam Laporta. I you know I view him as the wide receiver too in this draft class. Um, you know, obviously we're all excited about Kincaid and the Bills, but um, Laporta excites me a lot because I do think he's very pro ready. He is very polished and he carried an offense when he was in college, you know, especially those last two years he was there. Um, he played with a lot of shitty quarterback play and uh, is now going to get, yeah, it's going to be like living in heaven playing in, you know, uh, offense that gets this many passing yards and, you know, a quarterback that is actually as accurate as golf is. So, um, so yeah, I think Laporta, he can, you know, transition early, you know, again, tight ends, it normally takes him a few years. So don't be surprised if, you know, he's not winning you fantasy weeks, you know, a lot of times his rookie year, don't, don't sweat that, but um, especially long-term, uh, which is more the case with rookie tight ends, you know, I, I think his long-term outlooks is fantastic. So I um, really like the talent, really like the athleticism. And um, I think he's a guy that can transition to the NFL uh, very quickly. Well, and here's the thing about Laporta, and that I was gonna ask you to touch on that. It's like, is he gonna be a guy that you can that you should draft at the end of your redraft drafts, and that you can start this year? The I would usually say no. It's a you know, it's a rookie tight end. But who else is playing tight end for the for the Lions? I mean, Brock Wright is the other guy there. Yeah. Um, typically, golf creates tight end ones that he played. I mean, it used to be Tyler Higby. It was you know T.J. Hawkinson. Um, yeah, like. Goff can do it and he can make multiple different fantasy pass catchers relevant. So, um, yeah, yeah, I, I think it's all on with Sam Laporta. If he can, you know, adapt really quickly and get the game and, you know, understand the offense. Um, yeah, I think he's a guy that uh, is worth taking a swing on the last uh, few rounds. Yeah. And, you know, you might not even need to do that. It might be a situation where nobody's going to draft him and you can oh. kind of wait and see. And, you know, it'd be a waiver, a priority waiver ad. But, um, wait, wait but yeah, for a I training think it, camp injury, put that player in IR and then boom, you got. Yeah. There you go. But yeah, no, something like that, you know, I think, uh, you know, definitely is a name to watch out for. But let's move on to the third team in this division. Mm -hmm. We got the Green Bay Packers. And man, when I was just going over this team, I realized how like low I'm going to be on the Packers this year. I just don't um not inspired, man, but we'll start with the quarterback Jordan Love. He's finally getting his shot after it's his fourth year in the NFL uh, and he's finally getting a chance to start. Um he didn't have much uh we haven't seen too much from from him, but he did have a really good game uh filling in for Aaron Rodgers last year. Um so Maybe a little bit of hope there, Nate. Um, I'll let you kind of touch on Jordan Love. Um, you know, he was my bust quarterback in Dynasty, so obviously, uh, you know, my my thoughts aren't as high on him. But I don't think you're like super in on him or, or anything. But you have a little bit more positive outlook, so I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you start out. Yeah, yeah, no worries. Is this his uh, fourth year? I, th I thought it was his third. Well, he was a first round pick and they just signed his they just uh, redid his uh contract instead of doing a fifth year extension. Uh or uh, uh so I yeah, I think this is his fourth year. But uh, you might be right, it could be his third, but I, I think his yeah. I think he's sat for three years behind Aaron Rodgers and this is the beginning of his fourth year. Uh, on, on the stat sheet it only has twenty twenty one as his first year, but uh, maybe Okay, you might be right. Twenty twenty one, twenty two. Okay, yeah. Then then it's his th it's his third he's only sat for two years? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, um, yeah, it hadn't quite been around for that long, but um, but yeah, I I think you know him sitting behind Aaron Rodgers was a good thing. He needed the, the uh, you know exposure to that, and he needed the time to learn the offense. So he's done that. I don't, you know, I said before, I know he's your bust. I view him a little bit higher than you. Um, I'm not going crazy for him or anything, but I do think he's going to be a little bit more prepared and not be quite so deer in the headlight. And um, yeah, I expect him to be kind of a mid to low end QB two um, for this year in redraft. So um, he could fail completely and uh, they immediately look for someone else. But I think if he is you know serviceable and they're competitive, um, you know, they'll see what he has in that second season of starting and then, you know, go from there. Yeah, no, it'll be interesting to see. I just uh, yeah, it's like. Uh, and and you know maybe that it's 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 not his fourth year it's his third makes me feel a little bit better but if he doesn't look good right away it just feels like the plug can be pulled pretty quickly I guess is 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 how I feel about it but um but maybe he will you know look good and uh, this offense will look good one 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 uh, part of their offense that I do uh, think looks pretty good right now is and has looked good for the past two years uh, has been uh, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon um, and. You know, I, I think that I almost made Aaron Jones my dynasty value. And it's like, it felt ugly to me because I know he's not like a player we love to have on dynasty teams, but he's just like going so far behind. Like he was an RB1 last year and he's going so far behind like the Dalvins and the Joe Mixons even. And just like the guys that probably he should be going around. Like he was going around the place where Al- Alvin Kamara was going before we knew how the situation was going to play out with his legal shit. So I think he's a good value in dynasty. He'll probably end up being such in redraft. Um, but I think he's still going to be, you know, I think Jordan Love's going to probably need to dump it off to him a lot. And, um, you know, the other player in that backfield, AJ Dillon, um, you know, I think he's, a. I, mean, I like him. I've been, you know, I liked him as a prospect. I think this is a really big year for AJ Dillon though. Like, I just think if he doesn't really have a, even with Aaron Jones there, like really start to usurp Aaron Jones and be the like become we see as like a RB one. I just feel like he may, might not ever do it. He's starting to get up there in age, and uh, you know, I just um, I'd like to see him really take a step forward. Not that he's played bad, but he just hasn't really been the like breakout prospect that a lot of people thought he could be and with his athleticism and body size. So I think it's a really big year for AJ Dillon. I'm still willing to buy him at the right price. It's not that I'm out on him, but I am like, okay, if it doesn't happen this year, I, you know, don't want him in dynasty. I just kind of am going to stay away. So, but uh, yeah, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon is uh, the part of their offense that I think is looking pretty good for this year. Yeah, I definitely think they're going to be more run heavy with having a quarterback. And uh, I should clarify, you were right. He has been, he did sit for three years. Jordan Love did. Um, okay, he doesn't okay, show okay, up you. on the stat sheet for 2020 because I guess he didn't, he was on the bench the entire time. He didn't put up any stats. So pro football gotcha, reference didn't gotcha. have him. But yeah, he was selected like 26th overall in the uh, 2020 NFL draft. So, okay. I knew they were like gonna, they didn't pick up his fifth year option. So yeah. yeah that's and why he's I, like that's signed why, for yeah. the next two years. So, um, right. Right. So yeah, there's uh there's all that. So good call there. Um, But yeah, I, I think because of a new quarterback, you don't have Aaron, Aaron Rodgers anymore. They're going to run a lot more and look, they've been kind of banged up last year with the offensive line they should be healthy going into this year you know finally having like David Bakhtari who was you know a, one of the top left tackles in all the league and still can be um when everyone's healthy I think that offensive line is very good so they uh they have that going for them and um 
Yeah, I think, you know, A.J. Dillon, you know, last year was a little bit of a drop, but 2021, he had over 1,100 yards. Um, yeah, I think he had, what, seven touchdowns, it looks like. So, yeah, he he has the ability as, you know, a compliment to Aaron. Where, where did he finish last year? How many, how many yards and touchdowns last year? Uh, last year um, still wasn't abysmal. He finished just short of 1,000. He had 976 total yards. And, wow. um had seven touchdowns again. Oh, well, so, that's um, nothing to sneeze at, certainly. And it's not that I'm sitting here saying I think he's a bust or anything like that. Yeah. It's just I thought he had the talent to really be like a, you know, possible top 15, top 12 running back. And I just uh, obviously Aaron Jones is holding him back. But, you know, I'd like to see him start to take that role over a little bit more. Oh, yeah. No. And you're right. Like there are people talking about, like, can he be the next Derrick Henry? Because he was that big back who has unreal athleticism, like his speed scores off the charts. So, um, so yeah, no, no, you you weren't alone in that, but uh, he hasn't quite panned out that way. But I, as a compliment to another back with a different style, I think he's really, really good. And he's you know, surprisingly good out of the backfield as well. So, um, yeah, he can he can get you 30 passes in a season. You know, it, I, I'm interested to see if Jordan Love likes to dump off like Aaron Rodgers did. Um, but, um, but, yeah, we'll see. I mean, honestly, Aaron Rodgers was looking downfield a lot, too. So maybe Love is a little bit more, you know, fond of that safety net that you get for the underneath play. So um, we'll have to see. But uh, A.J. Dillon can do it also. I think, you know, he can crack a thousand yards again and get you, you know, anywhere from, you know, five to ten touchdowns, which is definitely a flex play at minimum. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know, a solid like RB three, RB four on your on your mm. teams. Um, yeah. So part of the reason why I agree with you, I think that both AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones will be catching some passes this year because I don't necessarily love their wide receiver core. Um, but I'll let you get started with that because I think you like it just a little bit more. Yeah, I probably do. Um, I love Christian Watson's upside. I mean, we've already seen it last year, and uh, his athleticism is absolutely absurd, and the way he does it, he's so smooth. But uh, he, he has the talent to legitimately finish as a wide receiver one because of a new quarterback, because they're still figuring things out. I don't, you know, foresee that happening, but I do think he can finish as a strong wide receiver two, um, you know, a mid uh, wide receiver two. So, yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Um, he is also uh, in there with Romeo Dobbs, who I could see challenging Watson's status as the most fantasy relevant of the two. But, um, you yeah, know, and I think, Dobbs is going to be fantasy relevant this year, but, uh, but yeah, I think having that as your top two duo, it's young and a little bit inter- inexperienced, but I think it's a good thing to build off of. Um, they also drafted Jaden Reed in the second round, um, kind of a surprising pick there, but, uh, but yeah, having him as your third guy isn't bad either. If you you know do believe he's that talented. So, um, so yeah, definitely young there, their whole team aside from, you know, Aaron Jones, honestly, is is really young. So I like what they're building over there. But um, yeah, that inexperience might cost them a little bit this year. Yeah, no, I agree. And maybe that's what it is. It's not that I think that every all these players on their team are bad. It's just inexperienced. All, mm. all of them are inexperienced. So it just feels mm. like they aren't going to be able to like lean on a yeah, I mean, Aaron Jones is kind of going to have to be the, you know, guy that they rally behind that's been in this situation before and all of that, you know, so, um, you know, that that that's definitely the case. Um, but I, I, I will say the guy that I am going to be on this year is Romeo Dobbs because 
I liked him as a prospect. I said a couple of weeks ago, like, I think, you know, we're completely writing off the possibility that he's the wide receiver one. And then, of course, there was some good camp news that came out about him and, and uh, Jordan Love's connection. So um, I will be willing to buy him. I still think he'll almost certainly be bought at like wide receiver four, wide receiver five prices. And uh, for that, that is the one, you know, receiver in this offense, um, you know, Jaden Reed, one of these few rookies we have heard like nothing about that doesn't mm. necessarily mean anything bad. It's just like, you know, this is the time of year where every team is trying to talk up all the rookie picks they made. And, uh, you know, it just seems like that Jaden Reed hasn't been the recipient of that. Not necessarily a bad thing, but, you know, um, yeah, it, you know, Christian Watson's still the guy I'd want. But, you know, I think Romeo Dobbs will be the the real value in that in that wide receiver core. Hey, I'll I'll, I'll put it on record that I thought Jaden Reed had no business being drafted as high as he was. So. Um, yeah, yeah. He was, he was Neither drafted, us did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was drafted over guys that I thought were you know significantly better and more accomplished than he was. But uh, but yeah, we'll see how that uh, pans out for them. I do you know want to say we give like like the Steelers a lot of credit as far as being an organization, how well run they are, and just kind of trusting them to get things right. I do think the Packers deserve that same. I mean, this is one of the most successful franchises in history. They year after year, like you know, they made that transition from um, you know. What uh, oh, that con artist? I'm not going to say his name, uh, but uh, yeah, from the con artist to uh, Aaron Rodgers. So yeah, they just keep winning. They've um, and, and even think, before that, I think it was Bart Starr to to Brett Favre. Yeah, yeah it's so. like and they they keep doing it. And the the coaching staff they have now is young and it's very very good. They've done a very good job over the past few years. So you know they had a little bit of a dip last year with injuries and Aaron Rodgers. You know, not quite being his full self, but I mean the two prior years they were you know um, big contender and he won the MVP two years in a row. So I like the coaching mm-hmm. staff and I like what they're building over there. But, um, you know, we, we both identify an experience as something that could hurt them. I think it's the same for the tight end position because their top two tight ends are two rookies. It's Luke Musgrave and Tucker Kraft. So, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, it'd be very interesting and, to and see yeah. who ends up being the best fantasy guy out of those two. I really like what Tucker Kraft can do with the ball in his hands, but Luke Musgrave is the more prototype looking and the better athlete of the two. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. They weren't drafted too terribly far apart. So, um, yeah. Well, what are your thoughts on the tight end room? Yeah, this is another situation where it's like, okay, one of them has to, you know, be a starting tight end, but that doesn't necessarily mean one of them has to be fantasy relevant, you know? So, um, I'm staying away from the tight end room. Uh, you know, we haven't seen it, so we'll have to see how it shakes out, but I, can almost promise you that there will be zero shares of either of those tight ends on on any of my teams this year. Um, just really overall, I'm low on this team. The only players that like I might see on some of my teams are Aaron Jones and uh, and AJ Dillon at the right price and uh, and Romeo Dobbs. But um, but yeah, uh, well, all right, we will. Unless you got anything else to add, move on to the final team of this division, and that is the Minnesota Vikings. Um, last year's winner of the division. Um, that was a surprising, uh, to, to most people, uh, that is not who I had picked to win this division last year, but, uh, they, they actually put together an awesome season, uh, you know, kind of fizzled out in the playoffs, but, um, you know, put together a really, really good run. I think they were the number two seed in the NFC, um, Kirk cousins, obviously the quarterback, um, if you guys, I'm sure most people, you know, are consuming, it's like a, a hard knocks light, but the quarterback series, great definitely check it out and one thing i'll say is i've always just thought kirk cousins is like and he's still you know through the whole thing he's still himself he's still like dorky and whatever but 
it humanized him a lot for me. And, and, uh, and I do think that he's like a really underappreciated quarterback. Um, he's probably like, to me, like, I think he can win a Super Bowl. Like, I think he's that good. Like he can be the quarterback that can lead you to the Super Bowl. But I think he's like right at the cutoff point of like anybody worse than Kirk Cousins can't do that. And then, you know, anybody obviously better than Kirk Cousins can, but like, you know, there's the Dalton line, but I feel like there's like a elite, Tier line that that we could call it kind of call the cousins line but uh, i do think he's like right on that like elite light um you know uh quarterback uh but you know i do think there's some questions as to whether he's going to be their quarterback next year um you know that he keeps getting you know these one-year contracts where they paid him out the wazoo and he's done that for like three years in a row so um you, you know do you have any you know strong takes or feelings as to you know, the, the future of Kirk cousins, he's getting a little up there in age, but, um, but yeah, what are your, what are your thoughts for him this year and, and moving forward with the Vikings? Yeah, it's, it's despite what he does, uh, the Vikings just don't seem to like him too much. So um, yeah, this could be his last year with them. And if it is, he's going to start somewhere else. I think for the, you know, another two to three years, Um, he's 34 right now. I think he's got some years left in him. He still has been playing at a high level and um, yeah, I mean, you know, maybe he goes, you know, does this year with the Vikings and signs a two year contract somewhere else. But um, but yeah, he's going to be a starter. And um, so, yeah, I think you can take comfort in that. He's just teams know they can win with him. So, um, so yeah, he'll have a market. Yeah, no, I'm in agreement there. Well, uh, pretty cut and dry on the quarterback there. Uh, moving on to the running back room. We have a new running back for the Minnesota well not new uh he's been there for a while but a new starting running back in Alexander Madison going to be taking over the roles and the reins um I don't know how to feel about him he hasn't really been a pass catcher he's had some really high end performances uh in Dalvin Cook's absences and then he's also had really bad performances I don't know where the median is going to kind of fall when he's starting every week in the center of that offense at least in the backfield of that offense but I think he has a strong opportunity to, uh, you know, take that next leap forward. And a lot of people thought coming out he was an elite back and would like take over Dalvin Cook's role a lot sooner than, or he never actually did. But, um, but yeah, you know, uh, you know, we'll we'll have to see. Do do you have a strong feeling about about Madison and uh, any of the other running backs? I guess somebody has to start behind him there, but I don't really feel that strong about any of the names here behind him. Yeah, um, it's. I would expect them if they're really trying to win this year, which I mean, based on the decisions they've made, it kind of seems like they don't, but uh, yeah, I, I would expect them to kind of add someone here as some help, but um, yeah, I mean, Madison is currently definitely the guy. It is interesting to trust the entire RB one role to a guy who had like 89 touches last year. So he uh, really hasn't gotten much of a significant workload um throughout his career it's always been Dalvin Cook and him spelling Cook and he's done that in spurts but it's a whole different ball game when like you are the guy so um definitely a risk uh he could have a boom he could have an RB1 season um he also could not be able to handle the workload and get injured and be totally irrelevant for the rest of the year so I see you know both ends of the spectrum on that um but he is a guy I'm interested in at the right price but right now his ADP is just too high for me um, Ty Chandler is kind of the obvious name as the backup right now, but I do think, especially in running terms, um, Dwayne McBride is a threat there. He's their rookie. They got him really late, but McBride, it was very impressive on film when you watched him as a runner. He's highly efficient. He's big. He's fast. 
um yeah when when he's healthy he's a problem in that regard so you know i could see a world where even late into the season he's taking touches away from madison but uh, his big problem was he fumbled like crazy in college so if he you know is doing that in training camp and stuff then ty chandler is going to be the rb2 and you know mcbride's going to sit and learn on the bench so so yeah um you know it's all up to mcbride he has the talent to you know honestly be rb1 in this offense but at least rb2 this year um, but that kind of battle for RB2 between him and Chandler is going to be something to watch in training camp. Yep, I agree. And I, in my head, you know, Chandler's going to be more the third down guy and Dwayne McBride will be the more like spelling, uh, spelling Alexander Madison or possibly replacing him if he doesn't, you know, come through. But um, uh, Ty's a hell of a pass catcher. So you're right about that. Yeah, yeah, and and that's what that's my thing about Madison is like I'd feel a lot more comfortable if I felt like he was because that's the thing Dalvin Cook was also the pass catcher you know while he was there I don't know if Madison's gonna gonna be doing both there so um, at least like to a level that you know we can depend on for fantasy but um, but interested to see definitely a divisive character I've heard a lot of analysts be really in on Madison and a lot of them say like they're not touching him mm-hmm. uh, so uh, so yeah definitely a, a one that's dividing the community uh, but man. These wide receivers and and the whole uh, the whole uh, receiving core uh, throwing in the mm-hmm. tight end uh, looks really nasty for these uh, for these Vikings still and maybe I mean you know we got to cut another uh, team later this episode but one of the more stacked uh, certainly um, but uh, we got Justin Jefferson of course they just drafted uh, J- uh, Jordan Addison uh, KJ Osborne who's a really solid you know wide receiver three. Um, and then TJ Hawkinson at the, at the tight end. So a really just across the board, I did notice one thing, including Madison. I call, I had to call Nate about this. Uh, I was, had this epiphany that everybody on the Vikings offense, Madison, Jefferson, Addison, Hawkinson, they're all sons, Buzz son. Cousin doesn't work as well, but you know, it kind of works, but I don't know, man, just a lot of sons on the Vikings. That's not very analytical, but I just, uh, just a thought that blew my mind. I I wonder what we can like, you know, figure there's (laughs) gotta be a data point. We can, what we can, what we can take from that is next year's draft, find the players that have son at the end Um, of their name and then go ahead and project them to the Vikings. You're moving up two spots just off that. They're going to get KJ Jefferson to replace her cousins. Yeah, I, I, I should have kept Jordan Addison as my wide receiver one in that class. I'm going to have five, yeah. of course. No, but anyways, no, it's hard to beat this wide receiver core. I mean, it's hard. I mean, it, it's honestly, there's not too much to say. It's like we know how it's going to play out. I mean, in my opinion, it's like obviously Justin Jefferson is the, like, one of the top two best in the league. Uh, Jordan Addison will probably slot into that wide receiver two role pretty quickly, if not immediately. And KJ Osborne will be more of a flex play. And TJ Hawkinson is probably going to be a top five tight end unless, uh, you know, something something terrible happens. So uh, across the board, feel really good about those guys. Anything you want to add to the receiving core of the Minnesota Vikings or the or TJ Hawkinson or any other tight end that I didn't mention? Yeah, no, uh, Jefferson, nothing else to be said there. Um, he's my wide receiver two in Dynasty startup, you know, and he's one of the favorites to be wide receiver one and redraft again this year. So um, nothing to, else to be said there. Jordan Addison, um, when you were talking about like um, JSN being the only rookie you would take over DJ Moore, Addison is, you know, the, the one other guy I would take over DJ mm-hmm. Moore. I just think he's, he's such a good separator and so talented that uh, he's going to be really good for this offense. And, it's crazy to point out like Adam Thielen had 107 targets last year, 107 targets that have now been vacated. And Addison is just going to walk into that role, I think. So 
Um, yeah, I, he it will not surprise me at all if he has the best season for a rookie wide receiver this year, just because he is going to be on a great passing offense and stepping into a great role. Um, you know, JSN has a little more competition. Zay Flowers has Lamar, who doesn't pass as much. Um, you know, and same thing for Quentin Johnson, who, you know, has Mike Williams and Keenan Allen to deal with. So Jordan Addison may very well finish the highest of all of them in redraft this year. And, um, you know, the more I think about it, the more I want to bet that way. KJ Osborne, like you said, is a good wide receiver three is good to have if the guys above him have an injury. But, uh, you know, unless that happens, I'm not starting him. Uh, but TJ Hawkinson, you know, obvious stud, not much else to say, um, you know, could be one of the top five, you know, redraft tight ends or probably will be honestly, but uh, at minimum, he's going to be, you know, top six, seven at that position this year. So um, yeah, no, like the offense a lot. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's uh, when, when all your players are that good, it's, you know, not, not too many, uh, too much for us to, to parse or debate here. So yeah, uh, let's finish up big, this. <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> that, 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 although they did bring in, you know, I'm a fan of Flores and his defensive scheme, uh, Brian Flores. So, you know, I think that that'll be a help, but they don't necessarily have the personnel still. But, uh, well, let's uh, do what we always do. Um, last year, I had picked the Green Bay Packers to win this division. As did I. Um, I was wrong. Uh, obviously, we mentioned the Minnesota Vikings won the division, but let's rank how we see this division falling out this year. We aren't going to give records or anything like that, just kind of how we see them, the standings falling at the end of the year. So, Nate, I'll let you go first. Uh, yeah. So the way I see it last year, I picked the Packers, same as you, but I did mention that the, uh, the Vikings were a close second. They end up winning the division. Um, but, uh, this year I am going to agree with the odds makers and say the lions are going to win. Um, the Vikings kind of seem to be in this weird mix of kind of competing, but also rebuilding. I mean, they got rid of cook. They got rid of Eric Kendricks, who was their lead tackler last year. The Patrick Peterson is gone. He, you know, led them in interceptions, um yeah well they had another uh pass rusher that um had 10 sacks i forget his name right now but uh yeah they they lost a lot especially on defense so and you know adam thielen you know that's not a small loss either i know they have addison but it might take him a second to you know get up to speed on that front so so yeah i think they are going to take a dive or a dip this year um and yeah a lot of their wins last year it was you know they they kind of weren't as good as their record suggested. And we saw that in the playoffs. So I think the lions are going to win. I think the Vikings are going to come second. I believe the Packers will finish third and the bears will finish fourth as they did last year. All right. Well, we see it pretty similarly here. I was very tempted to put the, to pick the Vikings again. Um, but I did end up going with the, with the lions. Um, I think part of it is I like the Lions a little bit more, but um, you know, I think that the win. Yeah, we all want the Lions win, exactly. But I think that those are the two teams that are really going to be competing for the playoffs in this division. And yeah. uh both of them have a shot to get there, regardless of whichever the other one wins. But I'm gonna pick the Lions, then the Vikings. I'm gonna put the Bears third. Um, just because I really do think that uh, you know, they're a little bit further along in their young rebuild building their offense than the the Packers are right now. And to be honest, I mean, the Packers have some good players, but outside of Jair Alexander, they don't have a real like standout star on defense. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I don't know that the defense will be able to carry, um, you know, and, and Chicago's had, you know, several young, uh, there's Brisker. Um, oh, there's a cornerback that played really well for him. There's names. Um, it's uh, 
escape me, but they've had, you know, a lot of young up and coming uh, defensive players and had some defensive picks in the draft that, uh, you know, I expect will, will turn out well for them and uh, we'll make them win a couple more games than they did last year. But uh, so, yeah, so we see it pretty much the same there. Just, you had the Packers at three and I had the bears at three. So let's hey, move on to the AFC. Real, real quick. I'm sorry, but I cannot let this Devondre Campbell slander slide. That man has He's been good. a stud the past two years. Yeah, you're right. You're right. He's good. And, 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 you know, we don't probably don't see him as like a real difference maker or elite player, but he has played very well. And, and yeah, I, I it's just, you know, I, I guess when you have that young and that inexperience of an offense, you know, you kind of want, um, and, you know, and they uh, drafted Devonte Wyatt, who's going to wreck the game this year. You, if you draft a UGA defender, you're going to be, well, fine. they, they drafted a couple. I mean, and Eric Quay Stokes, Walker and Quay Walker Eric's, looked really good last year. Eric Stokes had some issues, but you know, still can turn out well for them. But, um, but yeah, so, so yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. Uh, it might, it might, might be better, better than I'm, I'm expecting, but they I have am a UGA low. bulldog at every level of the defense. They're set. You know what? I don't know what I was thinking. They're going to win the division. <laughs> National champions <laughs> at every level. But anyways, uh, okay, well, let's move on to the AFC North here. Definitely spend a good amount of time on the NFC North. Uh, but, uh, you know, this division is just as juicy um and uh we will start out with the cincinnati Bengals and uh mr joe cool nathan's top dog and uh yeah i mean what do you need us to tell tell you about joe burr nate you got anything you want to say nope i literally wrote down uh not much else to be said so yeah there's joe burrow he is uh, who he is and he's fantastic um yeah, I just mentioned I did write down like the backups for each of these guys just to throw in there if you you know want to get the handcuff. Uh, Trevor Simeon is in line to be the backup QB this year. So if you want that Joe Burrow insurance, that's your guy. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's pretty clear the quarterback room on this. So we can just. I hope you have 30 team leads if you're drafting fucking or 30, 30 roster spots, 30, 30 rounds if you're drafting Simeon. But... Hey, but fair enough. Really but I, like to play it safe. Um, it is good to know. It is good to know those guys um, for sure. But um, but yeah, no, same here. I don't really feel like there's much I need to add to Joe Burrow. Um, but one thing that is pretty interesting this year is how their running back room is going to play out. Um, you know, Joe Mixon, you mentioned at the top of the episode, restructured his contract and did take less money, which apparently that was it was either that or he was going to get cut. Yep. Um, so he made the decision to stay with the team, probably the best opportunity for him. And I imagine he'll get the lion's share, but there are two guys, one of them in particular. I mean, so I like chase Brown. I think he was a really good prospect. They drafted him. Uh, but Travion Williams has been getting a lot of hype recently. Like, I feel like I've seen like three different blurbs about, Oh, Travion's going to really be, he's going to, you know, he's going to be a real factor this year and this and that. So maybe he's the guy that, that we want to look at for this year. But for me, I would still probably rather have Chase Brown. Um, but you know, we'll have to see how training camp, we don't have to make these decisions right now. Uh, so we can see how training camp kind of plays out, but Joe Mixon, I expect will be, uh, you know, somewhat of a value. I think there's still some stench just cause he was uh, less efficient last year. And of course, you know, he had some weird, uh, off the field stuff. Uh, some of it he did himself. I know there was an incident with his sister, like shooting a gun at a neighborhood kid or something. So, you know, that's not necessarily his fault, but just, you know, a lot of off season turmoil for Joe Mixon. Uh, he might end up being a value and a guy that I'm targeting as like a, a wider uh, running back two that I can get as like a really late running back two, or, um, you know, a, maybe even a high end RB three, if, 
people are really sleeping on him. But um, but you know, he'll he'll probably balance out and rise a little bit with this news that he's gotten restructured this week. And uh, we'll probably see him go a little bit higher than I might be projecting right now. But if he does, if he is going like in the 20 to 24 range, I will snatch him up there quite often in drafts. So uh feeling good about that. But uh, but yeah, yeah, anything else to add to this this running back room? Yeah, no major disagreement there. Um, I am interested in getting Chase Brown as a strong handcuff just because as a guy who, one, is experienced. I think he played five years in college, so uh, he's definitely an experienced rookie, but also he's insanely athletic, like freaky athlete. So, um, yeah, those are the guys that I like to take a, a deep shot on. Now, in redraft, you, know, you probably don't have the room to have him on your team, but, you know, in Dynasty, if I have Mixon, I'm definitely trying to have Chase Brown as well, so um yeah he's an interesting uh, long-term stash for me that could even play off this year like if Mixon gets hurt i could definitely see brown um, exceeding expectations yep i'm in agreement with you there um well we got another one of these just super solid um wide receiver and tight end rooms uh so i'll let you get into it uh Talk about your the the wide receivers here i know the top two i mean pretty much we're all in on on but uh you know, you in particular, I mean, obviously Chase, but Higgins in particular, you've always kind of uh, claimed as one of your guys. And now I've had to kind of kind of come around to uh, where you're at with him. So uh, so definitely uh, just uh, give you a little pat on the back there. But anyways, talk about these wide receivers and your thoughts on them. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, no, obviously we're both in on Jamar Chase. We both have him as our wide receiver one in Dynasty. Uh but uh, yeah, and this year he's going to be a wide receiver one in redraft as well. Um, T. Higgins has that ability. Uh, I think he's in for a better year than he had last year. He's going to be healthier. Uh, I think he like technically played in all these games this year, but he missed the majority of four games. So that really skews his PPR performance. Um, but even still with all that, he finishes wide receiver 18 last year. So he he has the ability even with problems to finish as a mid-tier wide receiver too, and without problems, he can be a wide receiver one for you. So, um, yeah, one of the best uh, duos in the league. Tyler Boyd is one of the best wide receiver threes in the league. Uh, he's another excellent handcuff to have because, uh, you know, if either one of the guys ahead of him goes down, he is going to be getting significant playing time. So, um, And he also has standalone value on his own. So he's got great talent. He's on a great offense. Um, he's, you know, a matchup-dependent flex play, I think. So, um, finished wide receiver 34 total last year. Um, it was wide receiver 49 in points per game. So, you know, on a points per game basis, wasn't doing as much for you, but, um, when, when other guys are getting injured, he's, he, he's getting, you know, he's putting together good performances. Um, and then just straight into the tight ends, just to round it out. Um, they have added Irv Smith to be the guy, uh, Hayden Hurst was it last year. So change there. Um, I, I view this as a boomer bust player. I can, he has the athleticism to be a tight end one and he's in an offense to do that as well. Um, but he has a lot of competition for touches and he's also been pretty injury prone in his career so far. So, um, so yeah, I think this is kind of like a make or break it year for Irv Smith. He needs to, you know, show something for us. Yeah, I agree. And, um, I think he's a good value, um, in the dynasty drafts I've been doing, haven't gotten into redraft drafts yet. So, um, I'm not sure where he's being drafted, but, you know, if he's your tight end two, I'm pretty comfortable with that. Um, you know, I don't don't think I want him to be a tight end one necessarily, but um, very high upside, and uh, you know, we'll we'll probably have a safe floor if he can stay healthy. Uh, so uh, so yeah, you know, I feel feel okay about him. Um, but yeah, everybody else. Um, the only other name I want to throw out just because. Um, I did like him as a prospect. He was kind of a guy I identified that wasn't getting a lot of pre-draft hype 
And they drafted him, I believe, in the sixth round of memory serves, uh, Charlie Jones out of Purdue. Mm. Um, very prolific receiver. In fact, if we're just counting, counting, you know, counting numbers, uh, I think he was the most prolific uh um, you know, over the the past two years uh of, of any receiver drafted this year. But obviously he was a, a late round prospect. And um, but uh, I think that he he could end up kind of working his way into that wide receiver three role. If Boyd does start, to, I mean, I think Boyd's 29. If I, if I'm correct there, Um, you can double check me if you, if you'd like Nate, but I, I think he's 29 starting to get to that age, you know, re- receivers, we start to see it like 30, 31 usually is when the drop-off starts to happen. So um, might not happen this year, but I did just want to mention Charlie Jones as a nice deep stash in dynasty. Um, You know, I was getting him in the fifth rounds uh, in several drafts of my, my rookies, uh, my rookie drafts. So um. Uh, you know, definitely not a guy I'm worried about for redraft. Uh, don't, don't take me wrong there, but I did just want to throw his name out, but yeah, Jamar chase T Higgins. I mean, I think T Higgins, I'll probably have ranked as a high end wide receiver two in, in, um, in redraft. Um, I have him ranked as a low end wide receiver one in dynasty. So, um, yeah, I think he's, uh, he's definitely just a really killer wide receiver two to have uh, next to Jamar chase, but we all know that. So let's move on, uh, to the Baltimore Ravens. Um, and, uh, boy, there was a time in the beginning of this off season where the Baltimore Ravens offense or outlook was just looking so bleak, like, Oh, Lamar is going to go somewhere else. And Oh, like nothing is going to ever go right. And nowhere wants to sign here during free agency. And, uh, but then literally it all changed when Odell Beckham signed. And I never thought I'd say that, but it's like from that moment, Thing after thing, it started to look better and better. You know, they signed uh, uh, Todd Munkin to run the offense, which I think is going to be awesome for their offense in particular. Uh, Lamar's re-signed to a, what, six-year deal, five-year deal? Uh, Buku money either way. Um, and, uh, you know, he'll be there for a long time. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they drafted, a, another wide receiver after, uh, you know, signing OBJ. So just, uh, I'm, I'm really high on this, this team overall, but Lamar Jackson, man, I mean, I bet the odds are pretty low on him for MVP this year. I, I would put that bet. It's not that I'm saying he'd be my number one pick, but like compared to where the odds are for guys like Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts, I bet his are a lot lower, and I would be willing to take that bet on him because uh, I think he's going to be in a really, really great situation. The big question is, can he stay healthy? But if he can, I mean, I think this is going to be the best um, like overall year of Lamar Jackson's career when you combine, you know, passing and, you know, rushing and everything else. But um, I really feel like uh, he's, if he, if you can get him at all in a value, at a value, um, especially in redraft, I mean, I feel like he's going to be drafted after those top three guys for sure. You know, the top three obviously being uh, Mahomes, Allen, and uh, Hertz. But I feel like he should be considered right up there with those guys this year in particular. But uh, do you agree with me there? Or are you going to be a little bit uh, uh, less, less uh, bullish on him this year? I'm a little less bullish on him just because he's only played 12 games each of the past two years. Um, so that hurts. And then, you know, if, if they are going to be passing more and running less, he's still going to run. But, you know, I, I don't see him ever replicating that MVP season or those kind of fantasy numbers. So if that's what you're looking for, I don't think that's what you're going to get. But um, but yeah, I think he'll have a good season, especially if he can stay healthy. And I'm excited to see what they can do in that offense. But um, I I think we have already seen the best of what you're going to see from Lamar as far as fantasy goes. Um, but uh, I think he can improve as a real life quarterback this year, without a doubt. So that's very exciting to see. 
Um, but for sure, uh, for sure, and that yeah. and that that might you might be right about that. I do think that, uh, you know, he he can not have to run so much and throw a higher touchdown percentage than he did that year and finish somewhere around there. But you know, mm-hmm. maybe you know a top three t- uh, quarterback, whether it matches what he did that year, is kind of what I'm thinking he can do this year. Um, I can say that's but a, um, a ceiling, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. But uh, but fair enough. Well, uh, why don't you talk about uh, the running back room? Well, real quickly, uh, just because Lamar is a bit injury prone, uh, I think Tyler Huntley is one of the highest oh, yeah. end um, quarterback. Uh, handcuffs you can get. You know, and he, he definitely creates with his legs. Um, Lamar is, like I said, makes, missed significant time the past two years, and Huntley has done well in that. And look, I don't know why they had to re-sign Lamar. Tyler Huntley is a pro bowl player. I don't know what they were so concerned about. I am obviously being facetious because he had no business going to the Pro Bowl at all, but um, I still think he's... Nobody a, else wanted to go. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, he's he's obviously a high-end backup and um, yeah, a guy I would want on my team, especially if I have Lamar. Um, but yeah, moving on to the running backs. This group kind of excites me this year. I think they're going a little underrated. Um, J.K. Dobbins, I loved him in college. He's an incredibly talented player. Um, you know, obviously tore his knee up, and last year wasn't the same. But we started to see the old J.K. at the end of the year, and he looked fantastic. Uh, I mean, he should be much better this next year with you know having more time removed from that knee injury. But uh, he really came on at the end of the last year. So his final four games. He averaged 100 yards per game, had over 14 carries per game, and had an absurd seven yards per carry over those four games. I mean, insanely efficient. You know, the kind of stuff we were seeing his rookie year. Um, So, yeah, that's very confidence-inspiring. I was surprised to see that because I hadn't done a deep dive to the Ravens because, you know, at that point, Lamar was out, and it was kind of, you know, uh, who cares about the Ravens now? But, um, but yeah, I mean, Dobbins really came on at the end of the year, and I think he can carry that into this next year. From everything I've read, the coaching staff wants to give him a heavier workload and make him that RB1 that they drafted him to be. So um, he's honestly a guy that I'm sending some trade offers out for right now because I want to get him on my team before he you know shows what he can do on the field. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's also going to be complimented by Gus Edwards. I think that's a great one-two punch. Again, I think the Gus bus is being slipped on. Uh, he is another guy that's uh, further removed from a year, uh, injury, two years removed from it, and um, he has been highly efficient over his career, just like Dobbins. He has a career average of 5.2 yards per carry, which is the same career average as Nick Chubb. So this is a guy, he's a big body guy, he's good at the goal line, and uh, he's efficient. Even in the passing game, he's efficient. So, um, so yeah, I, Todd Munkin, while he's been with Georgia, has liked to use a committee approach at running back. Um, sometimes to my chagrin because I want him to use Branson Robinson more, but he didn't. But uh, yeah, he he really likes to rotate him around and play to their strengths. So I think that's what he's going to do with this Ravens backfield. And um, that means the Gus Bus is going to be getting some significant touches. So I, I like this RB duo. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. And um, the one thing I'll say about Dobbins, do we know anything about he, he was like asking for a contract and like, what do you even talking about right now like saquon and josh jacobs can't get contracts and you like not played a healthy season since your rookie year and i mean don't get me wrong he's a great running back but and and he i mean all running backs deserve to make money i'm never going to make the argument that oh these 
you shouldn't pay the running backs. I'm not going to make that argument, but uh, yeah, I just don't know what he's thinking, but I guess maybe he's calmed down. He's not going to like make a big stink if he doesn't get the contract because there's no way he's going to. So, I mean, um, you know, hopefully that doesn't become a thing, but that would be the only concern I really have about Dobbins this year. Otherwise I think he is going to eat and uh, this will be, you know, seven yards per carry is insane. I don't care if it's over a small sample size. If you do that over a game, that's impressive to me, but I mean, to do it over, what'd you say? Four game or six game sample size? Yeah, it's four games. Four games. Okay. Yeah. That's, 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 uh, that's super impressive. So hopefully he can, he can replicate that. Um, but yeah, this wide receiver core, man, I've mentioned it earlier. Uh, I mean, it's the best Lamar Jackson has ever had by far. I mean, not even close, like the best wide receiver core Lamar Jackson's ever had was Hollywood Brown and, fucking uh Devin Duvernay so like this this is way better than that uh so we got Rashad Bateman hopefully gonna be healthy you know had a a Liz Frank injuries heard about some cortisone shots he had uh, a couple of months back but um haven't heard anything negative I think he's at training camp so you know hopefully he'll be ready for the season um Zay Flowers they just brought in um and then of course OBJ as the receivers I mean Dude, you could just have Bateman and OBJ, and it's already better than they, you know, have ever had for Lamar at the wide receiver position. But when you add Zay Flowers in, it's really exciting. I mean, and really all three of those guys can kind of do different things and play at different levels of the field. Um, so I think it's a good complement of receivers. Um, and then let's not even, you know, the, the fact of the matter is none of those are wide receiver one because of course we have Mark Andrews who let's keep in mind that Todd Munkin and to be fair, let's not act like Todd Munkin made Brock Bowers, but it's like Brock, Brock, Brock Bowers signed to Todd Munkin's team. And I mean, I, I, wait, it's Munkin, right? Am mm-hmm. I saying that yep, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. Munkin. Uh, it's Todd Munkin's team. It's not like Todd Munkin, you know, like is a genius for getting the ball in Brock Bowers' hands, but it's going to be a similar situation where the best receiver on the team is the tight end. And so um, I think that, you know, Mark Andrews is in store for, I mean, he had a little bit of a down year last year. I think he was still tight end three, but, you know, was still far behind Kelsey um, and uh, I think Hawkinson as well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he, uh, you know, I think this year he's, he's going to be in store for, for a, a heightened year compared to last year. And I'm excited to get shares of him. So yeah, I'm really excited about what the Ravens are going to do, uh, on offense this year. They're always stout on defense. Uh, but, uh, this year on offense, I think it's, it's going to be a much more exciting show than it's been, um, in several years. Yeah, I agree. And, um, uh, real quick on Munkin, like he he didn't just do it with uh, Bowers, he did it with Darnell Washington too. Um, so yeah, I mean he's uh, they they keep signing insanely good tight ends at that school because they've shown that uh, they can get him the ball and make him a prominent part of the offense. So I expect nothing less uh, with Mark Andrews. I think he's in for a big year, possibly a career year for him. Um, I also really like Isaiah Likely when we're talking about tight ends here. Um, he's an excellent stash, and he's an immediate like plug-and-play starter in your lineup if Andrews goes down. So, yeah, I, I love his uh, athletic ability. He showed what he can do last year in limited time, and, um, yeah, I loved him as a prospect as well. So uh, one of the better tight end twos for any team to have. And uh, about their wide receivers – like it's to be determined if they have a guy that's as good as Hollywood Brown. I think Zay Flowers can be that guy, and even Rashad Bateman. Um, but uh, as a group, I agree that this is the best you know Lamar's had throughout his career. So um, 
I do predict, you know, it may not happen at the beginning of the year, but I do think Zay Flowers is the most talented and will emerge as the wide receiver one on this offense by the end of the year. So, um, yeah, I, I loved his film coming out. I think he's a fantastic player. And, um, yeah, they've they've been able to use guys like this with the, uh, that are versatile and have, you know, really good speed and are tough. I mean, shit, Todd Munkin turned Lad McConkey into a star at UGA. So uh, I'm very excited to see what he can do with someone with the skill set of Zay Flowers. Um, Rashad Bateman is also very talented. He's a little bit more limited in what he can do than Flowers, but maybe more of a traditional outside guy. Um, but um, but yeah, I think it's between those two. Um, OBJ, he'll get a few good games in, but he's I don't see him as a defendable starter in fantasy this year um you know maybe in best ball you want to have him but i, I wouldn't want him otherwise he's just uh, you know lamar d- doesn't pass all he's never passed for four thousand yards in a season i believe so um you know you're talking about a crowded room and i'm gonna go with the guys that are young and talented and haven't missed a whole bunch of time the past two years so um that's the way i view it and uh, yeah, I'm interested to see what I know. Rashad Bateman would probably be wide receiver one for you, but you know, what do you think about Odell and Flowers? Yeah, no, I'm glad you kind of uh, got into that. Um, yeah, um, you know, obviously Bateman and Flowers are the guys that you know I'm going to draft first, but I think my mind does question: Is could Odell Beckham be? I mean, Lamar signed <laughs> with the Ravens like made like like three days after they signed Odell it was like that was what he was waiting on them to do and so it seems like he's got big plans and very excited I mean Odell in the Super Bowl and in that playoff run was having a really good streak for the Rams uh before he, he you know had his ACL tear can he get back to it at this age that's my big question like that's why I'm kind of skeptical but if he can I think maybe he should be in consideration to be the the redraft wide receiver one um, in this offense. But where I'm putting my money would be on Bateman. Um, I think that Flowers has a shot as well. Honestly, it's hard to kind of like say like exactly where, like how many rounds apart I would take all these guys. Like I'd probably draft them pretty close just because I'm not sure that I have a strong feeling. It would be Bateman. I would feel a lot stronger about Bateman if I knew he was 100% healthy coming into the season. Um, so if I get that kind of clarification, then I, I will uh, stand behind my man Rashad just a little bit stronger for redraft. But if I'm at all worried that he's going to miss a couple games or not be 100% coming into the year, um, you know, that I might start to lean more, more Zay Flowers. So, um, but, but yes, my mind does ask itself, are we writing off Odell Beckham in the, in this case? But I agree. And he's, you know, he's an incredible talent when he's completely healthy, but he's, you know, I think he's 31 years old are going to be at the start of this year um he didn't play at all last year and he he could have he wasn't injured that entire time it was a weekly who's gonna sign odell it was a constant thing we had to cover and no one ever signed him so um yeah he's he's gonna be rusty he's gonna be older he's not gonna have the same you know quickness he used to have and um yeah it's just like i said i'm betting on the youth here and i'm betting that obj is a, a little bit washed at this point and i get that lamar really wanted him there but also like, look, you can watch the NFL top 100 videos that the players do every year. Like, players vastly overrate big name dudes. Like, even when they're well past their prime, um, mm. it's it, like, especially with free agent signings, they love that stuff because they're like, oh, Odell, the guy who made the catch and everything, he, he ain't that guy no more. 
So, um, but yeah, players like that stuff. And um, yeah, at, at the end of the day, I think OBJ could have a fairly strong start with Rashad, you know, being a little rusty and Zay Flowers being a rookie. But as the season goes on, he's going to be faded out more and more, I think. So fair enough. And I think that's the like the bet I'd make too. But, um, but yeah, I, you know, I, there'll be a point in the draft where I say, okay, Odell Beckham, you're, you're on my it. team now. <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, fair so yeah, enough. for sure. But all right, let's move on. We got two more teams to cover before we get out of here, guys. Uh, the second to last team is going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers. Maybe my least favorite team is definitely the team that I respect the most while hating also. Um, so it's, uh, you know, like I don't respect the Patriots. Uh, I respect the Steelers though. So, um, it's, it's, uh, you know, got to give my hats off to them last year. The fact that they had a winning record or a, you know, a non-losing record, a 500 record last year, uh, blows my mind because that's as empty as their covered probably going to look for a long, long time. Cause they have a lot of good young talent and, uh, you know, this year might take another year of growth for them to be real competitors, but, uh, Kenny Pickett, man, the, Kenny Pickett at quarterback, he's going to be in one of these true X factors. Like, he could be in the top 12 quarterback discussion next year. If he has the kind of year, um, you know, it doesn't have, he doesn't have to finish in the top 12, but let's say he finishes top, you know, 14, 15 with his youth and with the, you know, projected upside that people will give him. He has the, the potential to rock into that territory. He also has the potential to be a guy like, um, you know, and I disagree with this, but it seems like, like Mac Jones or like that, uh, you know, that nobody wants to touch anymore or like, um, Oh, who's another name? Nobody wants to touch anymore. I mean, not this drastic, but like Malik Willis, you know, just completely like all this hype and then completely drop. But, you know, he, he has the potential to, you know, he has a wide range of outcomes and um, I don't know where it's going to go. My thoughts are that he's probably an average quarterback. He's probably quarterback in real life, quarterback 15 to 18 in the NFL. And, uh, you know, he'll, he'll probably be steady, but might not necessarily win you games. But, uh, but with this offense, you know, it, are we, he might actually have a higher upside than a lot of people are giving him credit for. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, it's just the guys that are more traditional pocket passers, they, they no one respects them. And they a lot of times they end up being great. Just look at Joe Burrow. Um, but uh, yeah, I know he runs a little bit, but uh, Kenny Pickett can do the same thing. And we saw a prolific season from him in college. And I think, you know, he could get to that level in the NFL. He's not the most talented guy, but he is with one of the best coaches in the NFL and one of the best uh, teams in the NFL. So I do think he's going to take a step forward this year. Um, one, he has a much improved O-line. I mean, you got um, Broderick Jones coming in at left tackle for you. Uh, you also have Darnell Washington, who's going to be an excellent you know, blocking tight end for you. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he can you know, I think he will be a serviceable QB two this season. Um, you know, he should understand the offense better. The sh offense should score more than last year, and he should be, you know, a more efficient. Um, backup for him is Trubisky, just to remind everybody. I don't think anybody cares or wants him, but uh, there he is. Um, but and uh, honestly, when it comes to backups, probably one of the better backups. I mean, top yep. 10 backups in the league. Yep. You know? and he so. can run, and it's not like the guy ahead of him is Patrick Mahomes, you know. So there is a world where Pickett sucks, and they make the switch, but uh, I, I And if he runs to his right, he can even throw on the run. Yeah, man, it's crazy. Um, but uh, yeah, I, yeah, old risky Trubisky. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I don't see them making that change. Pickett should be the start of the entire year. Um, oh yeah, I don't think he'll lose his job without, um, uh, you know, injury or anything. Yeah, but um, but am I going to get the running backs? 
Yep, go ahead. Go ahead and uh, talk to us about some Mr. Najee. Good, because I like Mr. Najee. He 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 had a little rough start to last year. He was banged up, wasn't himself, you know, until they had that week nine bye. Um, he struggled a little bit, but after that, he was much better, um, much more like the old Najee we're used to seeing. Um, I do think you're going to see a bounce back season. Um, I just mentioned that they added a lot as far as blocking goes, you know, especially like Darno Washington is no joke as far as the difference he can make in the run game. So that's like adding a sixth offensive lineman for you that especially helps in goal line situations. And uh, Broderick Jones, you know, uh, is an insanely talented guy that is fantastic in space. Like those screen passes for Najee and stuff like Broderick Jones is going to eat those alive. He's fast. He gets out in space and can create stuff for the running backs. So, um, yeah, I love those additions for the running game and the offense as a whole. Um, and I think Najee just coming into this season healthy. Um, you know, he finishes RB 13, even with, you know, the injury and the struggles last year, he played all the games. He was just banged up. So RB 13, uh, he was RB three the year before. So I think this year you're going to see something kind of in the middle there. Um, you know, kind of like RB seven, eight ish area. Um, I think that's kind of the result you're going to get in the 2023. Um, part of that is I do think Jalen Warren deserves to get some touches in this offense. He's been efficient and, um, yeah, I think, you know, they've mentioned that they they got to get him on the field more than they did last year. So Najee's still the guy. He's still going to be getting a lot of touches, but just the absurd volume that he had to finish at RB3 in 2021, I, I don't think you're going to see that again this year. Could be wrong, but I think they want to split it up a little bit more than that. Um, so Warren, I see as a high-end handcuff that uh, could be a serviceable, serviceable flex play um, depending on matchups. So, and obviously if, you know, Najee goes down, Warren's an immediate, you know, throw in your lineup and start. So, um, so yeah, beyond them, I don't think it's too interesting. I think, you know, Anthony McFarlane would probably be the third guy. Um, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's Najee and Jalen Warren, but, uh, you know, what are your yeah. thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I also, you know, very much in on Najee, uh, probably, I mean, definitely top 12 in redraft. Uh, I mean, he's, he's, uh, believe RB nine for me in, in dynasty. Um, my one concern is like, you know, the year that he finished RB three, um, he had a heavy dose of pass catching work. And, you know, I do think that Jalen Warren is going to work into that a little bit more such that you know, Najee's not going to have those 55, 60 catches that he had his rookie year. Uh, but that being said, if he can become a little bit more efficient, get a little uh, bit more touchdowns, you know, he can make out for that and still possibly, you know, get back into that top five range. Um, but uh, yeah, I'd certainly like to see it. I certainly thought he had the talent to be, you know, a perennial top five running back. And, uh, you know, he did it for his rookie year, but, um, you know, it's interesting to see where it's going to go from here. Uh, definitely, um, you know, kind of a, becoming a divisive player. I think some people are starting to say they're out on Najee, and I, I don't think I'm anywhere close to that. Um, our wide receivers uh, um, and their tight end room, it's pretty deep. Uh, you know, you don't have a true alpha yet, but I think we have one on the way. Um, but, um, this year it's kind of tough. Uh, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts, Nate, uh, between, you know, Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. Uh, there's a couple of other names to mention here, but those are the real, like two, you know, one A and one B. Um, do you, are you willing to go ahead and say, you think that you take Pickens above Deontay in, in redraft? Because I want to go there. My one concern is I just feel like Deontay is going to get more targets. And so in the PPR leagues we play for, I'm not sure if I'm 
quite willing to rank Pickens above above uh, Deontay, but but I certainly want to, and I definitely think the the upside is 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 higher, obviously. But but uh, do you have a stronger take than me there, or are you kind of in the in the same boat as as how you see those two guys? I would absolutely love to put Pickens above Deontay for redraft, but um, I just can't justify it to be honest uh, Deontay's you know proven it I think just what you said the PPR thing is the main difference maker between the two um Deontay is a very talented player that they gave the bag to and this is a team that often walks away from wide receivers they don't want to pay money to so um I think that means something and you know I do think George Pickens has the talent to be the number one this year and um yeah I I, I absolutely love Pickens and he had a fantastic rookie year but he is going to get less catches. They'll be more spectacular. They'll probably be, you know, deeper down the field. Um, and he may get more touchdowns, but just the volume that Deontay is going to receive and how friendly he is to a quarterback like Pickett, um, I think is going to push him a little bit over uh, Mr. Pickens. Yeah, I think I'm forced to agree with you. The only thing I would say is uh, Deontay, while he doesn't ever get significantly injured, um, he does very frequently get injured mid game and like, you know, you start and he gets one catch and then he's out for the rest of the game for you a little bit easily banged up in that sense. I don't want to call him injury prone because he doesn't miss large swaths of time. Uh, but you know, that has frustrated me with being a Deontay owner. That being said, I'd still probably lean with him, but I do feel like Pickens has a little bit more toughness and durability to him, uh, that, you know, especially if there was a major injury, uh, to, to, to Deontay, uh, you know, I think, and I mean, the same thing would be true if there was injury to Pickens, uh, certainly, but I think it's more likely, you know, from what we've seen in the past that Deontay would get banged up before, uh, Pickens, but, um, but yeah, so aside from those two guys though, we got, they brought in Allen Robinson, um, I don't know about that one. That's a guy you kind of tried to hang your hat on a little bit last year, and that that one uh, didn't come to fruition. But uh, do you have any uh, hope of a ba- bounce back there, or um, you know, uh, you know? The, before you answer that, let me just go ahead and finish out for the tight ends. Of course, we got Pat Fryermuth, who's you know probably one of the more exciting young up and coming tight ends. Uh, he um, had a lot of targets himself. In fact. That's another worry I kind of have about Pickens is Pat Fryermuth might get more targets than him he did last year, uh, so um, you know that's that's something to consider as well. But uh, I do think Pickens' breakout is is uh, you know a high possibility and in incoming. So I'm still willing to take him for the upside above you know uh, probably Pat Fryermuth. But but, uh, but yeah, uh, Darnell Washington they also brought in. You already mentioned. Um, I don't know if he's how much he's going to be worked into the passing game year one, but uh, in addition, nonetheless, but. But yeah, A Rob, are you still in on A Rob? And you know, are you kind of uh, the ship has sailed? And and you know, do you think he can have a resurgence for the Steelers? I I don't care about him in fantasy anymore. I do think he can have a resurgence as far as like an actual player on the field and his relevance in that regard. But as you know, I don't project Kenny Pickett to be throwing for forty five hundred yards this year. And I, you know, he's clearly outclassed by, I think, three guys ahead of him. You got, you just said Johnson, Pickens, and then Fryermuth as well. So, um, fourth on the team, uh, you know, for in targets and, um, you know, a guy that's not super prolific yet as a quarterback, uh, and really good running backs that they're going to want to rely on a lot more. I, uh, I, I just don't quite see it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you there. I don't think I'm going to be drafting probably any of a, a Rob, uh, but just wanted to check in with you just cause you know, in the past you've, you've believed in him a little bit more and, and 
before last year, you rightfully should have. But uh, mm-hmm. but uh, all right, let's uh, move on to our last team. Or oh, did you want to touch on the the tight ends at all, Frymuth or or Washington? Um, no, I mean, I just you know Washington. I don't. He's not going to do anything for you fantasy wise this year. And you know, unless you're in best ball and you have really really deep uh, you know, benches, but. Yeah, you know, dynasty wise, this is a player I'm really happy to stash away because he is a freaky big boy with really good athleticism, and he could become like an absolute red zone menace throughout his career. So, um, yeah, but Fryermuth is obviously the the fantasy relevant one, and I think he's going to have a tight end one year this year. I agree. Uh, well, let's move on to. My adopted team, a team that I've had a very complicated relationship with as of late. However, I also just think even outside of my fandom, they're just such a hard team. They're probably, obviously they have such a big X factor, but they're just a hard team to project because like they legitimately could be Super Bowl contenders or they legitimately could finish last in this division. But that's the Cleveland Browns. Really, really hard for me to know where to go with them. You know, last year there were really high expectations and uh, they looked decent with Jacoby Brissett there. And I think they're floating around 500. Um, you know, I think they only won one game, I believe uh, with once Deshaun came back, but um, you know, uh, hopefully this year it'll look better. Um, Sean's just such an X factor, man. I like he legitimately, I mean, he's been a top five, top three quarterback. He legitimately could be that again, or you know, the weight of all his situation, the two years he took off, all of that could mean that we never see that player again. So, you know, you got to take your shot one way or the other. Um, Nate, you've at least in dynasty been, been more in on him than me. So I assume you probably will be for this year too. But that being said, I am a little bit more willing to, you know, buy in, you know, get him as a high end quarterback too in, in, in a redraft. And, you know, if, uh, if it doesn't work out, I feel like it hurts me a little bit less than if it, it, it didn't in dynasty where you have to take him in dynasty. But, uh, but yeah, what are your thoughts on Deshaun? I mean, do you, do you, do you think he's going to rock it back up to like the top five or do you see him as more of a, like a back end quarterback one this year or uh, worse? What's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, at worst, I kind of see him as a back-end quarterback one. I do think he's going to return to form. Maybe not quite as good as his best ever seasons, but I think he can be up there, man. He's One, he's got better pass catchers this year than he's had before. Um, and two, also real quick, he went – when he came back, they went three and three. Uh, they were 500 when he came back. Oh, wow, okay. Um, so, yeah, he so – they, Did they finish they, 500? Uh, no, they were seven and 10. So he had almost half their wins and he only played six games and he was rusty. And oh, okay. Well. Oh, okay, um, okay. So, yeah, so yeah, not, not as bad as it seems. Uh, I do think, you know, he's going to be much improved this year. Um, not just because of he's knocking off the rust, but he's also had more time in this offense. He's more comfortable and because of the better pass catchers, um, we'll get into those in a little bit, but, um, but yeah, I, I really like, um, what's ahead for Deshaun Watson this season. And uh, his backup, which isn't overly significant because Watson doesn't get hurt a whole lot, but uh, it's Joshua Dobbs, the guy who uh, put a big old hammer blow on Malik Willis's career. And uh, yeah, he, he's going to be the backup here for Mr. Watson. Very nice. I appreciate you always sneaking in those those backups for us uh, for for our knowledge. Um, well. Uh, running back, uh, we both really like the running back room, or at least the starting running yeah, back. Nick one. Chubb's <laughs> probably my favorite player to like watch 
and happen to have met him personally a couple of times. So that adds to, to, to my, my fandom certainly, but uh, man, I just, I'm so excited for Nick Chubb this year in particular. I think uh, the offense is going to be set up better around him and um, yeah. Kareem Hunt's gone. I mean, I think he's going to eat, probably going to be ranked in my top five redraft uh, running backs. Um, but, you know, even higher than that is is going to be a temptation. But, you know, typically, you know, we, we've seen him finish as like a back-end RB1 because of that lack, lack of pass catching upside. Um, it's kind of scary to rank guys as old as he is, higher than they've ever finished. But I really think if there's a year to do it, uh, this year is the year for Nick Chubb, but, but, uh, locked in, you know, top 10 running back. And, you know, I think with a top three upside, if he could catch some passes and, you know, get some more of the work than he has in the past, which he's shown great ability to do. So when he does, he very well could be the RB one, but you know, when you're competing against McCaffrey and guys like that, and you're not catching passes, it is just hard to beat him in fantasy. But as far as like the best running back in the league, uh, I think there's maybe one or two other names you could throw out, but I will stand behind Nick Chubb as as that answer for me. Yeah, um, Chubb is awesome. He's I've been saying it for a while. He is the best runner in the NFL. Um, I actually saw where he's the highest ranked uh, running back in Madden. They just released the top tens at each position, and uh, he's really the, the highest ranked running back. I think he's a 97 overall. Wow. I mean, but, awesome, but that's that's surprising. He's yeah, tired. I'm, I'm glad he's finally getting the recognition he deserves because Chubb is yeah. – you've met him, and uh, I've met him. He is incredibly nice off the field, but on the field, he is an absolute tank that's out to murder every defender that wants to tackle him. He is a workaholic, and uh, I think he's going to be one of those running backs that ages really well because he loves football, he trains constantly, and he's kept his body in great condition, and his body is built to take the punishment. Um, and normally he's the one doing the punishing, not the other way around. But uh, like you said, could have the best year of his career. Um, great RB1 to have this year. I think he's going to finish in the top five. Uh, he finished six last year, and I think he could okay. have an even better year this year. And two of the guys that finished ahead of them were Josh Jacobs and Saquon. So, um, yeah, that's that. Yeah. Might that's get two a big spots factor. On that long. So, uh, so yeah, no, <laughs> Chubb's going to be great this year. Um, you know, Jerome Ford, I, I liked him coming out. I, you know, his, you know, running back instincts, he needs to work on a little bit. So I think it's great that he's been able to sit behind Chubb and learn from him. Uh, I think he can develop in a great RB two for that team. And, um, you know, could end up having some fantasy value even with Chubb there, but I, I don't expect that a ton this year. Um, but Jerome Ford, he is a very good athlete and he can, you know, do stuff out the backfield with his hands. But, uh, you know, I do think Chubb is going to be getting a lot more passing down work this year. Um, but, you know, Demetric Felton is probably their RB3 and he could carve out a role in that regard. He's a smaller, you know, quick RB. And, um, yeah, it could be a pass catching specialist as well. But uh, this is Chubb's backfield and the uh, other guys are just living in it. Yeah. And I, you know, to be fair, I do think Jerome Ford could be a nice little, um, I don't want to say breakout cause that sounds mm -hmm. like extravagant, but, um, just hasn't done much in the past, but, you know, mm. definitely going to have somewhat of a role. And if he does well in it, you know, maybe to our chagrin, he could end up getting a little bit more of the load and, 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 uh, you know, then maybe we project, but I, you know, I do think that this year in particular, um, you know, they're going to, they're going to really lead on, on, on Chubb. And so, uh, 
and, and not to sound repetitive, but he's another fantastic handcuff because he has the athleticism. He showed, he's already, show, like, in the preseason last year, he was fantastic. He was blowing doors away in the preseason last year. So we've already seen it a little bit on the field. Um, and he's, you know, he's not nearly Nick Chubb, don't get me wrong, but he kind of has that similar, like, stocky build, but still has the speed. Um, so, yeah, uh, he's uh, was a big-time prospect and, uh, and a name to keep an eye on. 100%. Well, uh, well, yeah, there's uh, just this uh, receiving group to get into, and it's pretty deep. There's a lot of names to mention. There's only two that I think I actually care about for redraft this year, um, and that's Amari Cooper and Elijah Moore. Um, Elijah Moore, I'm not sure where I'm at. There's a lot of real true Elijah Moore believers that think he's going to have a resurgence. I think that's a strong possibility, but – you know, uh, I'm a little bit skeptical still, um, but Amari Cooper, you know, probably going to be, I mean, last year was wide receiver 10 or 11, I think probably going to finish right around there again. Uh, if, if Watson does have a, you know, big step up in his performance could be even higher, but, um, you know, maybe with a little bit more weapons, it might be a little bit more dispersed out than from, from other targets than just Cooper there. But those are the two names that I'm, you know, really would like to mention, uh, Don, Donovan Peoples Jones, Cedric Tillman, both names for Dynasty. Uh, I've been a big fan of DPJ for the entire time he's been in the league. I'm about ready to give up, goddammit. But, uh, you know, if Cedric Tillman can kind of eat his lunch, it might be over for him. But uh, those are kind of the only two other guys that, you know, might work their way. Or if, if uh, Elijah Moore does fizzle out, you know, maybe one of those two guys can uh, end up being the wide receiver too uh, by the end of the year. But um, Amari Cooper's definitely the, the, the main alpha in this uh, wide receiving core. Um, and uh, is there any other names you want to? you want to add to the wide receivers or, or discussions on anything? How do you feel about Elijah Moore? Cause in the past you were definitely really high on him. Um, you know, are, are you, are you feeling the resurgence coming? Or are you kind of uh, going to wait and let it happen before you, you know, go try to buy him everywhere? Yeah. I come, I'm kind of lukewarm on him. I, um, one, cause he's kind of bit me already, but he, I have no doubt about Elijah Moore's talent, like talent. He has in spades. He has all the skills. He gets great separation. He can do stuff after the catch. I mean, we saw he had a great span of games, his rookie year, um, like six to eight games or something like that, where he was just, he was a wide receiver one. He was fantastic. Um, but he, you know, he's another guy that seems to have a little bit of attitude problems and maybe some work ethic issues. And, you know, his other team went from drafting him really high to, you know, getting him off and getting whatever they could for him. So, um, you know, he is the definition of a boomer bust guy for me. Ah, it's, it's tough for me to decide who is like the wide receiver two or who's going to be the wide receiver two this year in redraft. Um, Elijah Moore is probably the best bet, but I really liked Cedric Tillman coming out of college. And I think he's a really, um, he's a pro ready prospect. He's polished. He's had plenty of years. He's played against NFL talent. He made Keely Ringo look absolutely silly. Um, and that's a guy that, um, you know, shut down Quentin Johnston when they played in the playoffs. So uh, no joke of a corner and Cedric Tillman uh, absolutely burned him and UGA for like 200 yards or something. It was absurd. But anyway, he's um, he's a great player. He is less like Haya in that he you know is more nuanced. He's a better route runner. He you know can do a little bit more stuff underneath. So I think that'll help him see the field earlier. And uh, yeah, I think it's a battle between him and Elijah Moore for who's the fancy wide, wide receiver two on the team. 
but um you know what tillman does have is he he's a big body dude so if if they need a little bit more presence on the outside or when it comes to tossing up balls you know when you get in the red zone um you're going to want to give it to the 6-3 dude versus elijah moore who's you know nowhere near that size yeah i think that's fair i kind of was writing off cedric tillman as a possible redraft asset i mean part of that is still like i still view dpj as like the third wide receiver in that offense. Mm. But yeah, Cedric Tillman could easily come in and, you know, overtake DPJ. And, uh, you know, from there, you know, I think if Elijah Moore plays to his talent, he's pretty secure. But mm-hmm. yeah, if he fizzles out and shows that he's, you know, still having issues, absolutely, you know, Cedric Tillman might be forced to kind of step up and and, and take a, take some more uh, responsibility in his rookie year. So um, other than that, we got uh, David Njoku at mm. tight end. It's a uh, tight end I'm pretty excited about this year. Uh feel pretty good about him being a top eight tight end. Um, and Harrison Bryant, who we liked as a prospect, but, you know, he's kind of just a backup tight end. Don't don't really have too much to say about him fantasy-wise. But, but, um, but yeah, anything else to add about, about that tight end room? Uh, nope. So I uh, looked it up and Joku finished 11th tied in 11 last year. So, um, yeah, I kind of see, I think his absolute ceiling is like a mid tier tight end one. Um, I am afraid that he's a guy that's always going to be more of like a, what he could do versus what he actually does. Like he always just doesn't quite fulfill his potential, uh, which is absurd. He was a first round tight end who has great athleticism, but, and he, he shows us flashes each year. Um, but he, doesn't seem to quite put it together for an entire season to really compete with those guys like Dallas Goddard or TJ Hawkinson, those kind of guys. So he's in that mm-hmm. tier below that, but um, yeah, especially if you're looking late round tight end, he's another good guy to have that, um, you know, I still think he's going to finish as a tight end one this year. So I want to do some research and I can't remember a whole lot about, you know, how much Deshaun targeted tight ends when he was with Houston. I need to look up that a little bit to kind of gauge my expectation for Njoku. I know it's not the same offense, but you know, yeah, I do remember um, Owen Daniels being relevant, fantasy mm-hmm. relevant with him. But, you know, um, yeah, yeah, that'd be something good because that's the only name that I can even think of uh, besides D-Hop that he was throwing yeah, the ball to at all. Yeah, so. and the rest wasn't that talented. Yeah, uh, other guys, but, uh, but yeah. But, um, um, yeah. Also, yeah. Good, me- good memory on you because, uh, yeah, Amari Cooper finished wide receiver 10 last year, so – Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, definitely was was way higher than most had him. So, so yeah. Well, that was uh that was quite the episode. A lot to get into there, but yeah, it's it's kind of exciting. Um, ooh, ooh. like we really, gotta we gotta get our division winners in for this division. That's right. You're right. You're right. Before we close yeah. out, you're totally right. So yes, uh, Nate, uh, why don't you go ahead and do that for the AFC North? This is a really tough division to to rank here, but uh, why don't you give your best to go at it? And also, if you have who who you uh, had had winning last year. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to look up that second one. Give me one. Second. I think we both had I've the Bengals most here. likely. They had, they had uh, been yeah, to the yeah, Super Bowl was, the year before. Yeah. I, I, so. Actually, I'm I'm really uh, happy about this because I had the Bengals winning. I said the Ravens are, the, are a close second, which they finished like two or three games behind. And then I said the Steelers could surprise and they finished third. So I, I seem to have a decent understanding of this division last year. Um, But, uh, but yeah, no different up top it's it's the Bengals I don't see you know I think it would take some injuries for them to lose this division they're just incredibly talented and they're still on the rise so um so yeah they're a perennial playoff team um the rest is where it gets a bit spicy so so far I've been in lockstep with the odds makers this is where I'm going to differ a little bit and I'm going to say that the Browns 
take the step forward and finish uh, second in this division. Um, and this is what stuff is like, you know, Ravens are right there with them at number three. Um, you know, I could even see the Steelers. I have them at number four here, but I could see them finishing it, um, you know, as second in the division. But those three are pretty close. But um, I, I do think the Browns and the Ravens just have something that the Steelers don't as far as talent goes. So, um, so yeah, I got a little spicy there. But, uh, you know, no argument if you put Ravens number two, but I'm going to go with the Browns at that spot. Uh, but the Bengals are gonna are gonna kill everybody. Yeah, that's a that's a little little bold of me, but uh, reasonable. It's not like a, I can't see it happening. Um, I was uh, struggling with putting. I want to put the Ravens very badly at one because uh, I'm just so excited to watch them. But when it comes down to it, you know, the Bengals have been to the AFC Championship and the Super Bowl the past two years. So, and very little about their team has changed. Uh, well. Their defense did get worse. They lost their best defensive player in Jesse Bates. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, certainly yeah. their best secondary player in Jesse Bates. Um, yeah. So, you know, could see some regression there. Uh, but I'm I'm still going to stick with the Bengals. I want to pick the Ravens just to make that episode more interesting. But, uh, yeah, it's hard to pick against the Bengals. Ravens are a clear number two for me. This is where it gets hard. Do I go with my fandom and pick the Browns number three? Or do I go with the much better run organization that even in their worst year did not have a losing record. Like, so if I put the Steelers fourth, what I'm saying is that none of these teams are going to have losing records. So to me, that is kind of a gamble, but I think that is where I'm going to go. I'm going to put the Browns third. And I think they still, I mean, the Browns, like I said, they could absolutely win this division. If Deshaun Watson is the fifth best quarterback in the league again, or, you know, anywhere close, you know, whatever in, in that range in that true elite range again, um, because their defense is solid, uh, you know, their offensive line is solid, obviously the best running back in the NFL. I mean, they have everything they need, uh, but there's just such an X factor. I will put them third, though, and put the Steelers fourth, but, um, I, you know, I feel like I'm going to regret that, but I'll go with my heart and maybe not my my head there, but um anyways well that is gonna do it guys um we appreciate y'all sticking around uh this is getting me pumped and excited for the season um and uh you know just really you know football's almost here we're talking about actual football and how you know these teams are going to finish in real football and not just fantasy and draft picks and all of this think about defense for a second it was uh yeah yeah exactly exactly so uh so yeah no very very fun getting into these uh, next week we will be doing the Eastern Division, so be sure to tune into that. If uh, well, tune into it anyways, but especially if one of your teams uh, that you root for fall in the East of uh, either the NFC or the AFC. Nate, you got anything to add before we close out? Uh, no, no, that's that's about it. Uh, Joe Burrow, he's the king in the North, and uh, yeah, the rest is uh, will fall where it may. But um, yeah, this, this is a fun episode. It really like breaking down teams like this really does make you assess all right who is getting the most targets who's getting the second most targets like when you lay out all the names it's different than just seeing him in a you know a redraft ranking list so um i think this exercise is very helpful even if you're not doing a podcast and uh, hopefully this helped y'all in your preparation to kick some ass this year a hundred percent i totally agree with you and that's why i said it's a really nice bridge in between our dynasty and redraft coverage 
because yeah, it really does help me really like, okay, yeah, this guy's actually like the third target in his, in his low pass volume offense. Maybe I shouldn't be as high as I am because I like him in dynasty. Yeah. Or or, like I liked him as a player and I like his talent coming out of college, but like maybe the situation is just not good for a year or two. So, right, right, right. So no, totally, totally agree with you. It's a good exercise for everyone to do, but thank you for doing the exercise with us in particular. We appreciate you guys. Be sure to like, subscribe, comment, and uh, reach out to us um, on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, wherever you might be listening. We always appreciate that a lot. And uh, yeah, be sure to tune in next week. We will be doing this all over again with those AFC and NFC East teams. So uh, tune in. We appreciate you guys for rocking with us as always. For Nate, this is Josiah, Fantasy Dogs, out.